0: I know
1: just what to do with you, Gryffindor! Hi, and welcome to the Three Broom, Broom Chicks. Chicks. I'm Jenny. I'm Marianne. And I'm Elizabeth. And today, we're talking about the Weasleys. The
2: Weasleys. The fam-bam.
1: Wow. Oh, fam-bam. <laughs> that's my family group chat's name. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's so sweet. Here's a little nugget about my personal life. <laughs> wow.
2: All right. So before we dive into the Weasleys, we're going to go through our regular
1: spiel. Spiel. <laughs> All
0: right. Corrections. We're
1: going to talk like that for the rest of the episode. Spiel.
0: <laughs> Don't even know what accent that is.
1: The spielion accent.
0: Oh, dear Lord. Okay. Anyways.
2: All right. So corrections. We have none. <gasps> wow. We're yeah, we, this. I know. We haven't had any corrections recently. That's nice. They're
1: probably there.
2: I know. Maybe. Yeah. There was notify one, actually,
1: there was one that I heard while I was at work and I was listening. Oh, I just never told you guys about it and I never acknowledged it. And wow. I'm not going to talk about it now.
2: But we have to own up to our mistakes. Yeah, Benny.
1: I forgot what it was. Oh, oh.
2: <laughs> all right. The truth comes out. Hydrangea, (gasps) you're here. Our outpost is here. Wow! But how is this possible? There's no post on Sundays. We're recording on a Sunday, everyone.
1: It's definitely Saturday
2: today. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Oh my
0: wizard god!
2: Oh my! I have been. You know, have you ever had one of those weeks where, like, you're totally off
0: on your days of the week? Last week,
1: I thought it was Monday on Sunday, and then on Monday, I thought it was Sunday
0: can't keep up with that because my brain...
1: (laughs) I might have said the same thing twice. (laughs) The two days were switched. Okay. (laughs) Yeah,
2: so I'm having one of those weeks right now, but it is Saturday, so the post is here. Yay. The post is definitely (laughs) here. It always
1: arrives on time. Always.
2: All right, so our first question is from Jojo. She asks us and...
1: I don't want to ask this question. All right. I'm not going to answer
2: it. All right. Okay, Jojo, starting off rough here. How awesome would Fred and George have been as uncles?
1: Our next question comes from Ariana. <laughs>
0: oh my God. How do we feel about Percy? That's not very nice skimming over JoJo's question.
1: Well, it wasn't very nice that she asked me that. I Lip- feel hurt on the inside. Literally,
2: my note on our doc is, Way to make us (laughs) depressed from the beginning. I cried enough in our last episode. You cried
1: enough in our last episode to last you the rest of your life. And I might cry again today, too. You're not not even going to cry at, like, your daughter's graduation. Yeah, I will. I cried so much at that one podcast episode. I have no tears left. (laughs) We even
0: cried before today's episode. Yeah, we did. You
1: did. Okay, let me tell you a story. Sorry about the owl post. Okay. But okay, as a child growing up, I didn't watch Disney movies. Okay. Because you know, she's strange. What okay, first of all, rude. (laughs) Second of all, today my day I took a day off from work to be here, ladies and gents. Wow. And well not really, but whatever, we'll roll with it. So, anyways, so I'm sitting on the couch, and Elizabeth has just purchased Disney Plus or whatever. Woo, yeah, woo. and they're watching like The Little Mermaid two. I've never Return seen it. Return to the Sea. It. I've never seen it. The literal opening song is playing, and Marianne and Elizabeth Turn are like sniffling be, go, the, 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 the on the couch. see it's sure. that is horrible. <laughs> they were literally crying. I'm like, nothing has happened. <laughs> It's so beautiful. They were like, "Watch, it's gonna get really bad." I was like, "Does Ariel die?" They were like,
0: "No." <laughs> Listen, it's a very emotional story. Clearly, mother and daughter.
1: Clearly, yeah. Tiffs. Okay, you have to know, I have stakes in mother and daughter stories. Oh now. my god, here we go. <laughs> Elizabeth's number one. they show will be like, "I opened the refrigerator and I saw the milk carton and I just thought of my daughter and I cried." <laughs> <laughs> You're weak. And we're not crying today. Jenny literally.
0: Jenny literally looked at Julie, Elizabeth's baby today and was like, You made your mother weak. I'm <laughs> just like, saying that. Don't I yell at the baby. I didn't
1: yell at her, I just voiced it yes. across the room.
2: <laughs> In a loud tone. I
1: mean, I love your child. But I know. It's Obviously. It's I'm fine. just devoid of emotion. <laughs> I'm emotionally
0: stunted. But anyways, so today, yes, me and Elizabeth might cry. Who knows? Who knows? Possible.
1: <laughs> I know that you can't hear the eye roll, but you can feel it. Yeah. Okay, okay. anyways, to actually answer JoJo's question. You did answer it, technically.
2: I mean, I did, but I would say Fred, because, we you know, George is around. Yeah. Fred, I think, would have made an incredible uncle. And that's all I'm going to say, and we're going to move on before tears. hmm <laughs>
1: All right. So anyways, Ariana said, how do we feel about Percy? And we're going to put a bit in it. Hey. I can't believe that you didn't join in on that. I don't no. know. I felt like
2: it was very solid with just you two. I didn't <laughs> think I had to jump in.
1: I agree with you. I'm not going to. Do it, <laughs> though. You can. Do you think You're that people violent. are listening and they're like singing along? And they're like,
2: I hope. I That'd be pretty do. cool. Maybe.
1: I hope so too.
2: Or maybe they're just like, damn, they need to really stop doing that theme song.
1: <laughs> um, that's too bad. It's the best theme song ever written. Right after the Friends theme song. Hashtag
0: multi That <laughs> 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 wasn't even the clap. Yes, it was. So now I told you life was gonna be this way.
1: There we go. You. That was better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We apologize for clapping.
1: Can that be our new hashtag? What? Schmier. Schmier?
2: <laughs> that was a spell. <laughs> okay, apparently we get really delirious when we record on Saturdays.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, bro. How many minutes in are we? Oh, seven <laughs> minutes of nothing.
2: <laughs> We answered one question. Two, two
1: questions. Two questions. Two questions. Hey. God, she's over Whoa. Always. And we under- technically went it. over
0: corrections. Exactly. We just and didn't I to called have out
1: any. hydrangea. Yeah. There was a lot that happened. Okay. In stories. And now we're here. That was your review of the past seven minutes. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so before we get into
2: the meat uh, of the episode... This is weird. Elizabeth
1: is going to cry. I can oh, no. I don't want to look at her. I don't want to look. Oh, uh, no. Do you want me to just say it really fast? No. No, no, no. I want to set it up. Oh, okay. All right, all mm. right.
2: All right, so we have a uh, big announcement, Huge, everyone. Gigantic. <laughs> What's it, that thing that you say?
0: Amazing, breathtaking, never been done before.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, our uh, uh, favorite broom chick... That's me. Yeah. It's Jenny. Jenny, Jennifer, she is moving away from Florida (laughs) to Texas. I am.
1: She is deep
0: in the heart of Texas. (laughs) Our poor Texas
2: listeners.
1: Well, now you have a broom chick.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Texas is getting so much better and brighter because Jenny will be there working at a zoo in Texas. Wow. (laughs) But, you know, we've never done distance podcasting before, so there might be a delay in our couple of episodes after this one as we kind of try to figure our new normal out. Yeah.
0: Our (laughs) sound quality. We sound like
1: like a divorcing family. Like (laughs) We have to figure out our new normal. We are
0: not divorcing. We're not breaking up. The broom chicks are still here thriving. Long distance. Long distance. There's going
1: to be a lot of Skyping. Yeah, yes. it's going to be a lot of FaceTime. There's going to yep. be some
0: experimental sound quality, so yeah. just warning you ahead of time. Yeah. Don't judge us too hard.
1: I'm also the worst at checking sound quality. <laughs> and <laughs> she's going to be on her
0: own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to sound check from 1,200 Listen, miles away. Listen, I
1: literally just bring talent and that's it, okay? <laughs> I don't bring any other qualities to this podcast. <laughs> Marianne and I will try our best yeah. to make you sound your best. Listen. Listen.
2: <laughs> But, yeah, so please bear with us, everyone. There Again, there might be a delay. There yes. might be some sound quality issues. Yeah, and you know what?
1: I need to move 1,200 miles away from my home. Okay. Wish, wish Jenny some 1500? good luck.
2: I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Wish Jenny good luck on her journey, oh, a safe be yes. trip. Super
1: cute. <laughs> Super cute. Yeah. yeah. And real.
2: again, don't no, you cool. worry. The broom chicks, we are here. We yeah. are here yeah. to stay. We'll
1: just hear, you know, like we'll be here a little late. Yeah.
2: yeah. We'll have A we still tardy. have episodes lined up. We're gonna, gonna be we on we're gonna be on Cuban time. Yeah. Yes.
1: That's very appropriate. The Instead of Cuban like 15
2: time. minutes late, we're gonna be like 15 days late.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, I don't want to get any grief. I'm moving my life, okay?
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. So I'm just gonna stop talking now before I get emotional because this is our last recording. All in the same
0: room, okay? Bye. 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 That's not true.
1: I can come back for like holidays and stuff. I guess, but
0: those are special occasions. It won't be the same.
1: Oh um, Maybe we could do like a special occasions podcast. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, oh moving God. into the Weasleys. Did you know that they're a pure blood family of wizards? What? Yes. No but, way. But they are referred to as blood traitors.
2: Why? Yeah. So they were yeah, originally they're with people. Yeah. They were originally part of the sacred twenty eight pure blood list, yes. Yes. and. They were taken off the list, not because they are in pure blood, but because they like to brag too much about their relationship with muggles and so much some corruption. of the muggles in their family. Yeah. yeah,
1: whatever. So, mound you, the Malfoys are over there, mound you, mind you, <laughs> the Malfoys are over here like, we're not friends with muggles, what?
2: And yet, all of their money comes from muggles. We don't have yeah. muggle money. It's fine. Whatever.
1: I can't talk today. I think we're going to have a problem. <laughs>
2: We had a problem in our last podcast, too. Maybe it's like an end of the year thing. Maybe it's
1: because we literally have a problem every single podcast and we shouldn't be doing this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we (laughs) shouldn't.
1: Okay. Focusing on the episode. All right. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to let the fans know (laughs) I need to, like, get this episode done because I literally have lived in, like, You know, like normal weather, you know, like it doesn't really snow in Florida and I'm moving in like the dead of winter and I need to go buy jackets today because I don't own any. (laughs) So that's your little second piece of like personal information. The end. (laughs) The end.
2: (laughs) Okay. Back to the Weasleys. So this is actually a quote from uh, JK Rowling herself talking about... Oh, I don't know. Some author of this series. I'm sorry.
1: Know. I'm literally sidetracking you. Why do, yes. we have, why
0: do we have a Harry Potter podcast? We don't want to know anything. <laughs> I'm just like, what is that? What is that? All right, no ladies. Idea.
1: Let's focus. <laughs> let's focus.
2: Okay. Spiel. So, J.K. Rowling talked about how the Weasleys got their name and why they're all redheads. And I just love this quote because she's like, <laughs> she basically says weasels have a bad reputation as unfortunate bad, bad, even malevolent animals however since childhood i have had a great fondness for the family Mustelidae, which is apparently the oh
1: you almost said it right
2: almost almost <laughs> so she's like they're not so much malignant as maligned for some reason she has like this connection to this family of animals mm. anyways And she also says that there are many superstitions associated with redheaded people, and most state that they are in some way unlucky, but this is nonsense. I happen to like red hair as well as weasels, and that is why she put them together. (laughs) Fun fact for you all. The Weasleys.
1: Oh, it's me. So they live in a place called
0: the Burrow. What? Ooh.
1: Which, um, I'm pretty sure that weasels burrow. They do? Shouldn't you know our animal expert? I was saying, like, I'm pretty sure to not make myself sound, like, you know, cocky and great, but they they do. (laughs) Okay. They burrow. Come on. I don't know. I'm really not sure. I lied to you. Let's live Google it. Live Google. I'm pretty sure, yeah, like, when they make their little homes, they burrow. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so the burrow that the people Weasleys live in is outside of a village called Ottery St. Catchpole. Ooh. Is this like a regular village or like a wizarding village? Ottery St Catchpole is a regular village, and they it live just on has the outskirts, so it just has a bunch of wizards families. living yeah. outside like, of this outside village. Of yeah, which I would want to live in Ottery St Catchpole because, like, you'd be like super defended because yeah. Yeah, yeah, magic,
0: and they're you're living near the Diggeries yes, and the Lovegoods.
1: I have a very big problem with Amos Diggory.
0: All right, interesting. Sorry, I just thought I would let you know it came up. <laughs> Aww. I don't, I mean, like,
1: I feel bad for the guy, but like, okay, tell me that when you were reading Goblet of Fire in the beginning, and he's like, My boy is better than Harry Potter. He can fly. Didn't you want to punch him in the face? Yes. And I wanted to punch <laughs> him in the face and Curse Child, too. Oh. Okay.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to punch him in
1: the face at the end of Goblet of Fire because I felt so horrible. But still, I don't like him. Okay. <laughs> so, the Burrow's cool because it's like, I guess like one of the first, Oh no, it's the first wizarding home mm-hmm. that Harry visits. And he's like a freaking love this place. I was yes. going to say a bad word. And then Ron obviously is all like, Oh my God, you love this place. <laughs> and, um, and then it's also the headquarters for the order of the Phoenix. when from yes. place has been compromised.
2: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Dun, dun, I'm wow. lamb. <laughs> so the entire Weasley family fights at the Battle of Hogwarts. I just threw that in as like a general Weasley fact. Yeah. In case you Which didn't Which is know. like, it's really going to come up probably in like each individual person's yeah, little profile that we mm. keep.
0: Mm.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. But they do. All right. So to review for the Weasley family that we are going to discuss, we are going to talk about Molly and Arthur Weasley and their seven children in yes. order of birth. It is William, Bill, Arthur, Charles, Percy, Percy.
0: Percy. Spale, <laughs> Spale,
2: <laughs> Percy Ignatius. Ooh. Fred, George, Ronald, Billy, Weasley, You're
1: so weird. <laughs> and Genevra. Genevra.
0: Gen-
1: Isn't it Generva, it's Genevra? It's Genevra.
0: It is it? Genevra. I've
1: been yeah. reading it
2: wrong my whole life? Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, her name it's is Minerva
2: to me. It's not Minerva Geneva. It's like Minerva <laughs> Ginevra.
1: I'm Googling it. Google. AKA
2: it. <laughs> Jenny Molly. Molly. All right. So I did not know this.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. Yes. I've been reading it wrong my whole life. I yes. wrote the
2: note. I did not misspell it.
1: <laughs> Listen, people make mistakes.
0: Everybody has those days. <laughs>
1: Everybody knows what. I'm what I'm talking about. about. Everybody gets that way.
0: Disney Plus has Hannah Montana. <laughs> hashtag multi Hashtag we should be sponsored. But I yeah, mean. we should by Disney Plus. But actually,
1: <laughs> like thank you Elizabeth, who is going to give me her Disney Plus information because I'm <laughs> poor now and I can't afford TV, and so <laughs> she's providing me with the Lizzie McGuire.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So. Fun fact, both Molly and Arthur are related to the Black family. Yes. However, Arthur and Sirius are more directly related. They're Mm. actually second cousins once removed. Arthur's mom is Cedrella Black, and uh, she married his father, Septimus Weasley. I already knew this.
0: Okay. Wow, congrats. You want a cookie?
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: He it is done. mentioned in the books at some point. Sirius does say like, "Oh, you know, I Arthur's basically like a second cousin or whatever." Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: love that guy. Who? Sirius Black. Oh, Sirius. Who? Course. Sirius Black. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: thought
2: you were gonna go like full name, like oh, you do with Ron. Sirius
1: Orion Black.
2: There you go. <laughs> Thank you for fulfilling my dreams. You're welcome. All right. What I love uh personally about the Weasleys is they are basically the central family in mm-hmm. the story. They are actually the only really intact family on the good side that we get to experience yeah. often. Oh yeah. Um you know, we don't see Hermione's family, then she has to obliviate their memories. We Harry doesn't have a family outside of the Dursleys. And the Dursleys are awful. Yeah. Neville Ugh. doesn't have a family. I mean, Luna's he mom, he
0: does, but we don't see it. Yeah, yeah. we just
2: see his grandma, Luna. Her, she only has her dad. Ugh. So sad. Yeah, yeah. So the Weasleys are a really important plot to, like, pull. Po- I can't speak today. All right, everybody. That plot. was a good episode. Have a nice day. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> They are a very important part of the plot in that sense because a lot of the storyline centers around them and their family dynamic, so much so that two of our main characters end up being married into that family. I mean, well, there's Mm. also
1: just so many of them.
0: Yeah, they're just there. They're just everywhere. And it's a good, like, another direction of the Wizarding World families that we don't get to see. Yeah. Because we do see, like... The Malfoys, for example, Ugh. but they're obviously not on the good side. Obviously. So we get a taste of like a good, what a good family structure kind of looks like in the wizarding world.
2: Yeah,
1: which is really nice. All right. All right. So, Mariah's favorite thing ever.
0: Etymology. <laughs> if you're a new listener, that means what names mean. So basically... <laughs>
1: That means what names Names mean
0: mean. (laughs) basically so what's really interesting about the weasley family so there appears to be a pattern in the family of members having names that may possibly allude or should i say allude not allegedly allude to figures in medieval history and arthurian (laughs) legend i don't know if i said that right but basically king arthur for any of those of you who know that so arthur weasley Duh. Shares a given name with King Arthur, the central character of the Arthurian legends. Then the eldest son, Bill, has the same given name as William Marshall. Between the mid-12th and early 13th centuries, this knight rose from obscurity by serving for Plantagenet. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Plantagenet. Yes. Kings of England. Uh, and eventually became Regent of England. At times, he was referred to as the Flower of Chivalry. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you laughing? The at? Flower
1: of Chivalry. Of chivalry. The yes. Flower of Chivalry. That's hilarious. And yes. then he
2: marries Fleur de la Cour, ah! whose name translate translates to Flower of the Court. Is that oh amazing?
1: We're so amazing. I literally people should definitely keep listening to. <laughs> I really crazy. can't with with Joe at
0: this point. <laughs>
1: Okay, sorry. Charlie?
0: Charlie. So Charles Weasley's name may be a reference to Charlemagne. Charlie. You bit my finger. <laughs> then there's Fred Weasley's name. is a uh, That is a diminutive of the name Frederick, which may be an allusion to Frederick Bar-bar- Barbarossa. Sorry, I was going to say Barbosa, Like oh my like Prior of the Caribbean? That's what I thought of. <laughs> yeah, uh, Frederick was an emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, served in both the Second and the Third Crusades. His nickname, Barbarossa means red beard. Oh, mm.
1: isn't that a, isn't that a pirate?
0: But uh, you're thinking Blackbeard.
1: Well, there you go. Maybe there's a red beard or Blackstache.
0: <laughs> Blackstache. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mary,
2: Maryann's drama kids just performed Peter and the Starcatcher. Yeah. it was an incredible show. Yay! Hey.
0: Thanks. And one of the characters, his name is Blackstache. It's kind of like an homage to Blackbeard. And then he's kind of becomes another important character. Spoiler alert. He becomes the Captain Spoiler Hook. Alert. Yeah. Captain Hook, Peter Pan. Wow. And then George, obviously Fred's twin, his name may be a reference to St. George. Oh, that's so, pretty straightforward. <laughs> so now moving to Percy. All
2: right. So per- <laughs> Percy's name is a diminutive of the name Percival, Ooh. which was the name of one of Arthur's Knights of the Round Table. Wow. I always have to say that that way. <laughs> Just- <laughs> Let me live. <laughs> and actually, I'm really excited. We get to go into Ron's etymology, which we really didn't start doing when we were doing our uh, Golden Trio. Yeah. Baytown? <laughs>
1: Baytown. Baytown?
2: Yeah, the, the original, original Bay. All right.
1: Ooh, the OG Bay.
2: Wow. All right. So, firstly, he shares his name with King Arthur's spear, Rongominiad, which Ooh. is uh, <laughs> which Jeffrey of Monmouth affectionately called Ron. So that's pretty cool. Wow. And um, if you were to take the name Ronald and switch the N and the L, you would have Roland. And Roland historically is a military leader under Charlemagne, and he was responsible for defending, like, the Frankish kingdom's border with Brittany. Um and later, he became the subject of a chance in the jest. I, I don't speak French, so I'm probably saying that incorrectly, um, which is considered one of the earliest pieces of French literature, and it was very popular throughout that era. And there's a lot of, like, history with Ron's name. like Wow.
1: Because he's the most yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. I wouldn't say that. It's called Harry yeah. Potter for a reason. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Jenny's giving me a look. But you could put it up with Joe. <laughs>
2: All right, so I got another possible etymology behind Ron's name is that it's actually a derivative from the Old Norse name, Reginald. Ooh. And if we remember, when Ron uses yeah, apologies I potion... I say that because I haven't read amazing. these notes. <laughs> uh, he turned into Reginald Cattermole when that's they were so infiltrating cool. the ministry. And so, actually, there were two Reginalds in the 12th century in Arthurian legend that actually... Joe may have alluded to. Um, there's Reginald of Durham, who was a monk, um, and he chronicled the life of Saint Godric. Who, who else has the name Godric? Godric Gryffindor. Gryffindor. And then
0: That's so cool.
2: Jenny can't with my accents today. <laughs> and then we have uh, Reynold of Chatillon, and Reynold is also a cognate of Reginald, and he served in the Second Crusade and ruled as Prince of Antioch until he was captured and executed by Saladin, which, when discussing the Deathly Hollows with Harry and Hermione, Ron states that he favors the Elder Wand, whose original wielder was Antioch Peveril Wow. So there's a lot of connections
0: here. Why is J.K. like so scary, amazing like this? This is... This is honestly terrifying.
2: Like, honestly, I don't know what's more terrifying that she did all this research <laughs> to find these, key ne- these connections or I think she did. that she just stumbled upon all these connections. Yeah, I think it was
1: totally by accident. She wrote the books and then it just happened.
0: That's insane.
1: <laughs> I'm obviously joking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she had to yeah. have done the research, but that's, this is just so in-depth. It's like, yeah. so in-depth. Like, the whole flipping of the L and the N, like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm stunned.
2: Yes. And then finally, we have Ginny's. jinnies, Ginny's. Jean. Ginny's etymology, and uh, her full name is Ginevra, which oh, is the wow. Italian form of the name uh, Guinevere. I believe that's how you pronounce yes. it in yeah. French. Yes. Um, in French. <laughs> again, I'm really sorry. And Guinevere was actually Arthur's queen, and that's
0: so cool because in the Arthurian legends, I'm pretty sure Guinevere is the only female yeah. in that entire plot, and she's the only girl in the like family. Yeah, besides, I mean, like besides they, Molly, they yeah. Molly, but I mean, <laughs> but it's fine. No, no but you know what, I mean? I, what I mean is that is she's the only female out of all her brothers. Yeah, so that's really cool. All right. Wow.
1: Welcome to Molly Weasley.
0: Molly Aww. Weasley. Our
1: matriarch. Yay. Oh, I'm gonna say some stuff that's probably gonna like really piss off Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, great. It's fine. Oh, well, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna ask about that. Uh, no.
2: Okay. No, no, just do it.
1: Okay, well, we'll get there. So originally Molly was not a Weasley. What?
0: what? Is she that was that a how Bruit. work? A yes.
1: Bruit. Yes. So she became a Weasley by marrying Arthur. No way. Yes, her birthday is October. Thirtieth, So close. So close. In 1949 or 1950, we are unsure. She Mm. had two brothers, Fabian and Gideon Pruitt. We'll get there. They were part of the original Order of the Phoenix. Uh, But Molly, I didn't know this, originally was not part of the order. Yeah, She didn't join until later. Yeah, Molly
2: and Arthur were not originally part of it.
1: Okay, well, you know what? Some of us didn't know that before (laughs) yesterday. I like to think
2: that they were in, like, newlywed bliss and just, like, just... Wanted to make babies. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. So she was a Gryffindor. That's going to be a pattern. Uh, While she was at Hogwarts. And that's when she started dating Arthur. And then we know um, that like there was the one night that she got caught. Like we find out on the fourth book. Like they went for a nighttime stroll and they were getting back to school like hella late. (laughs) And Arthur got in trouble, but she didn't. Yeah, of course. The fat lady just yelled at her and was like, the heck, man. It's so cute. Yeah, it really is. So they have seven children, obviously, because, wow, I guess We're going to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, we first see Molly in the books when she's at King's Cross Station in book one, and she's giving Harry instructions on how to get to platform nine and three quarters. Aww. What a freaking weather figure. She's she literally is. momming him from day one. Yeah. She just sees, like, this little fledgling, and she's like, come here. This under, little fledgling. Come under
2: my wing. I've got
1: you. Okay. So, she knits Harry a sweater for Christmas because he wasn't expecting any presents. But how does she know that? Ron sent her a letter. Uh, I was like, Mom, this guy's not going to get gifts. That's
2: pretty cute. I'm not going to lie. It's super cute.
1: It's like best friend status. I never
2: thought of, like, the flip side of that. Like, oh, how
1: did she know? Because Ron. But, yeah. So, she knitted him a sweater, which was super cute. But she also gave him fudge. And that's so important.
0: (laughs) He is an 11-year-old boy. I mean,
1: Yeah. So I think it's, I wrote that it's probably his first, like, real gift ever. And then I said, everyone cry with me. (laughs) So this is what you cry about? Mm -hmm. Because it's so cute. I don't cry like a weakling at emotional (laughs) things. (laughs) I cry on the internet. So we get one of our first amazing rants from Molly. There are several throughout all of the books. Um, but I guess, like, the first, like, major one is when the yes. boys steal the car in Book 2. The, the yes. legendary howler. Yeah. Well, no, even before that, like, when they get yes. home. Oh, she yes. She was like, beds empty, no notes, uh, car gone, yes. <laughs> so freaking good. And then literally right after that, they get to school with the car, and we get our second rant with the howler. Yeah. Oh, man. man. That one is just. Mole. How dare you steal that (laughs) car? If you put another toe on the line. line. So good.
0: I (laughs) sent uh, the broom chicks the other day a video of a kid who dressed up as the howler for Halloween. And it was amazing. He memorized the whole howler.
1: opinion. I think the howler is better in the movie than it is in the book. Oh, for sure. That's just all. But
0: that's just one of those things that you had to experience. Yeah, you had to experience it. It's so good. Yeah,
2: definitely.
1: All right. And so next. we don't really see her like a super lot in book three. Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Do you know something I don't know? <laughs> uh, but other than like before the kids go to school, she's um, discussing serious. I put serious Bay Black with Arthur. Oh, <laughs> my. Like, that's Bay. really like the meat of like what we get from her in book three is like when they're in that bar at the Leaky Cauldron. Oh, yeah. And she's like, he's just a boy. And Arthur's like, we need to tell this kid. That this guy's going to come and murder him, a.k.a. he's a super nice dog. He's not going (laughs) to murder him. He's so nice. But whatever. So in book four, she sends the Dursleys a letter to ask if they can take Harry to the Quidditch World Cup, which I think is super nice. Yeah. But also Ron then also writes a letter to Harry. And he's like, hey, like my mom sent a letter in like muggle post." And he's like, she doesn't really care what they say. Like, we're going to come and get you anyway. <laughs> she was like, she just thought it would be nice to, like, ask for permission. And I'm like... What a savage. She's so (laughs) polite, but she'll be savage if she needs to.
2: Yeah, I'm like, I feel like that's even more savage, like, asking for permission, and if they said straight up no, being like,
1: "Ah (laughs) I'm taking your
2: kid.
0: Yeah, (laughs) what you didn't know was. (laughs) (laughs) What you didn't know was, I
1: didn't care. (laughs) But yeah, she also covers, like, the muggle letter in, like, a lot of stamps. (laughs) Yeah. And the postman is like, where did that come from? So, naturally, Vernon is like, "Vernon, ugh, (laughs) we've got to kill you, kid. They're wrong to us. I can't. He's the worst. Brendan. (laughs) Yes, thank you. So later in the book that we find out through Charlie that Molly is like hella worried that Harry has been chosen as a Triwizard champion, which is like so nice that somebody is worrying for him. And he's like, I'm not even going to tell her like what he had to do with the dragon. I don't even want to know. And then coming up in this book is where we get like the part I see of Molly that I'm just like super kind of not into, but she shows up. So it's very nice because everybody's family comes to Hogwarts before the last task. And so she shows up like as Harry's family cry, just cry all night long. And then they're like walking around the, the grounds or whatever. Like he's giving them like a tour. They're like reminiscing and then they all go to dinner And everybody starts showing up. And she's like, hello, my children. I love you. And then Hermione shows up. And she's like, hey. And she gives her, like, hella attitude. But she also sends them gifts. Like, for Christmas, Mm -hmm. I believe. And she sends, like, everybody, like, these eggs. These, like, chocolate eggs or something like that. And everybody's is, like, the size of a dragon's egg. And Hermione's is significantly smaller. It's like a chicken's egg. But that's because of the Rita Skeeter I stuff. understand that. But why would you believe that? You have known this girl for four years. You know that Rita Skeeter causes problems. She really wrote nasty stuff about your husband and the Ministry of Magic all year long. All of a sudden, like, she hates Rita Skeeter when she's talking about Arthur and the Ministry. And she's like, "Yeah, Ugh. she's so awful. Boom, writes about Hermione. she's like... How dare that little girl? Like, no, I'm not here for it, Molly. I will say, I think this is one of her flaws. Thank you.
2: You know, she's really into, like, the gossiping and, you know, her obsession with Gilderoy Mm -hmm. in book two and now this with Hermione. You know, she's not perfect. I'm not saying
1: that you have to be perfect, but I'm like, stuff like that just bothers me because I'm like, you know, Hermione, like, you know that she's not a bad girl. Like, she literally lives at your house over the freaking summers. She's with your son all the time, like, Please.
2: Yeah. I guess I can see like the flip side. Maybe she's like, what if there's like a hint of truth in this? And then here's this girl threatening like my sons, basically. Yeah. So the mama bear talons came out.
1: Yeah. Claws. I mean, I get it. So, Like claws. on the flip side, she's like, okay, like Harry doesn't have any family. Like he doesn't have anybody to like stand up for him or whatever. But I'm like, you know, Hermione, come on. Yeah. Anyways, that's my small rant on Molly.
2: on a more positive note i actually really identify with molly because i've always mothered everyone around me yeah yeah so i'm always (laughs) we're all like yeah
1: (laughs) but it's funny though because sometimes like in other groups like i'll be the mom but i don't really like identify
2: no at all it could just i think i like like
1: her but i just don't like
2: yeah no identify I think it's because I have never not been the mom in any of my friendship groups. Like ever since I was a small, small little child, yeah. the second there were kids younger than me, I was their mom. Yeah. And like I'm just like Molly. I take you under my wing. I worry about you. I worry about like both of your health and both of your well being all the time. I like need to check up on you and make sure you all are alive.
0: <laughs> I'm <an> gonna <laughs> she, she fed makes us today. Sense, like, so can't. nice. <laughs> Thanks, ma. Uh,
1: okay, so after the third task, or just that's a really nice summary of everything that happens there. Yeah. Harry mm-hmm. obviously has to go to the hospital wing and she stays by his side the whole time like she does not leave. She's what so a mom. sweet. Um so now is when she joins the order of the phoenix for like yes. the first time ever. Ayy. Um she Is now having fights with Sirius Black about Harry's, like, welfare, basically. And what he should and shouldn't know. What he should be allowed to participate in or hear or whatever. Because she's momming him. Yeah. Which, on this particular matter, I'm kind of on Molly's side. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, he should have known some stuff. Like, we don't have to go to, like, Dumbledore level of secrecy. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Sirius was a little bit cray-cray. So I get it, but it's just like a difficult situation to be in because like nobody is really his parent. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, Yeah. it's really
2: weird. But yeah. I feel like it should have been more of like a happy medium of both what Molly and Sirius wanted. Like Molly wanted the extreme protective mothering part of it and not let him know anything, think that everything is hunky-dory and fine and completely ignore the fact that he saw Voldemort come to life in front of his eyes. Yeah. And he plays a very big important role in that. Yeah. Whereas Sirius treats Harry as James and it's like no, Harry can do all this. He can come and fight with us. He can do this yeah. and this. He faced Voldemort. Let's do it. And you're forgetting that he's 15 years old. Yeah. He should not be as involved in all of this as he should be as involved as little as possible at 15. And yeah. as little as
0: necess- like necessary. Yeah.
1: Agreed. But other than that, like, that's kind of like the theme of Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just left it out there and then yep. I kind of just jumped into half look here. Uh, but Harry arrives at the Burrow significantly earlier the next summer. And so, like, Molly makes him onion soup, and she fusses over, like, how much she's grown. And I'm like, ah, she's so cute. <laughs> um, but she we find out at that time that she's also super not excited about Bill and Floor's engagement. Because at this point, they are engaged. And I think Floor is, like, staying at the house, Floor, Floor, whatever, to Fleur. get to know, like, the family. And she's not happy about it. No. Which... Honestly, like Fleur, when she was originally like hanging Just, around and stuff like that, there was some stuff in the book that I would read. And I'm like, watch your mouth. Like, I your mother-in-law. Yes.
2: I did not like her. I'm no, like, you're being hella rude. I
1: really didn't. And then, I mean, I read an article that changed my mind the other day. And I'm like, OK, like, I can kind of see this, whatever. But she's super snobby in the beginning in Goblet of Fire. Yeah. And then it's like, and then you're like talking down to Molly and like being rude. Like, shut up. That's what I want you to do. You know, like, I'm sorry, if you're in someone else's house, you respect their house. Yeah. But um, she basically thought that their engagement was rushed because they were, like, in a time of war. Which is funny because her and Arthur got married in a time yes. of war, like, hella early and had yeah. all those kids. And I'm like, that's a little hypocritical, ma'am. A <laughs> little,
2: little bit. Little but bit. it's
1: also funny because when Fleur is at the house, like, she keeps inviting Tonks over for, like, dinner and stuff like that. Because she's hoping that Bill will be like, oh, Tonks. And just like fall in love with her.
2: That relationship would not have worked out. So weird. You don't know that. We barely know Bill. From like what we see of Bill, and we see probably a little bit more of Tonks. I don't know. It just seems like two really bad ideas to come together. I don't
0: think that's what they eat. Like, I don't think that's what each of them needed in a partner, in a relationship. It just went around. We don't know. That's my opinion. My two cents. My two cents.
1: <laughs> <Spale>. so um <laughs> we see percy that christmas because uh, remember that he's been gone now yeah, yeah. like an idiot yeah, we'll, get there, we we'll get there we'll get there get there because i'm getting angry but uh we see him that christmas when scrimmager comes to like talk to harry and she gets so excited that he's back because scrimmager lies and he's like oh like percy wants to see his family he wants to chit chat, whatever. She got her hopes up and I then can't. she's like crying and she's like heartbroken after he leaves. And I'm like, you're such a scumbag.
2: We'll I get know. there. We will I get there.
1: hate him. So <laughs> uh, she sees Harry at school like after he saves Ron from the um, poison meat or whatever. I forget that like Dumbledore actually decides to be like an educator. Yeah. And leader, wow. And she, he calls like his parents. So, he'd been poisoned by, like, the meat or whatever, and they're in the hospital wing. And they make it a point in that scene, so I bring it up, is to tell Harry, like, how many family members he has now saved. And it's, like, half of the Weasleys, like, owe their life to Harry. <laughs> it's crazy. But, last episode, we were talking about, like, life debts. And I'm like, is this kind of like a wizard life debt? Like, I saved your life, and now you owe me? Oh. And they're, like, super-duper loyal to Harry. It was just, like, a thought I had. Maybe. It could be. Maybe. But, um, yeah. So then after all of this Half-Blood Prince nonsense, you know, bad things happen at the end of that book, and then the trio decides that they're going to go and, like, search for horcruxes together. Because that's a smart idea. And I I guess it is because it worked. But, um, Molly is, like, super pissy about it. And she's like, you better tell me where you're going. Like, you're not dropping out of school. You need to get your education. And basically they're like getting ready for Bill and Fleur's wedding, and she's assigning them tasks and chores or whatever, and they're literally separated all day. And I'm like, girl, you really think that these little kids are not gonna find a way to talk to each other all day long? Oh yeah, like, don't you come remember on. teenage hormones? They're gonna Hello. find a way.
2: Hello. <laughs> they're totally gonna find I'm a way. I'm like, you
1: can't keep them apart at night. Like you might as well just let them talk to each other and make their trip safer because they can plan it, but whatever. Whatever that's obviously not how we think so um w- right before the wedding they celebrate Harry's birthday and they're setting up like his little dinner in the backyard yeah. or whatever and she it's like a tradition I guess in wizard families to give a like a wizard that comes of age to give them like a watch and she gives him Fabian's watch and if you remember from the beginning of the Molly portion that's her brother
0: I have a pin on the sadness on the mo- on Molly's her brothers, brother's dead. But it's fine. It's
1: fine. So they died, I think, in the first war, right? Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So that's sad. Um, (laughs) And then in the last book, she's one of the people that helps to put up the protective enchantments at Hogwarts before the battle. Um, And she also slays Bellatrix.
0: Slay. um, She also slays. You said that so casually.
1: What?
0: She also slays Bellatrix. No big deal. No
1: biggie. But that's actually going to come up in a second. But Molly kills her. I thought it was like the killing curse. Mm-mm. I don't. Th- I yeah, was wrong because it's green it. yeah. or whatever. Like in the movie, it's green. So I'm just like, and that's what they use for the killing curse. But it's actually a petrifying curse followed by a disintegration curse. Yes. So there's some stuff going on there.
0: I would also like to mention because I found this fun fact on the Internet. Yeah. She has the only curse word that's in the Harry Potter series currently. Bitch. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Mary, I just
1: looked at Elizabeth like, are we going to keep that? Is that allowed? Yes, literally. (laughs) I was like... She says it in the book, okay? Yeah. Yeah. She She says says it in the book so we can say it here. So we can say it.
2: Exactly. Not Um, my daughter, you you bitch. (laughs) bitch.
1: (laughs) So, (laughs) obviously, after all this happened or whatever, like, when all of this is going on, she loses a son. Everyone is sad. We're not going to cry. It's super unnecessary that he died. But... Can I just say, really quick, like, (laughs) why 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 joe i understand let's actually let's have this conversation i'm ready okay you know
2: i understand it's wartime you know there are a lot of sacrifices that have to be made in wartime a lot of families aren't intact however you don't go through a war in which every absolutely everyone who's involved in the war loses someone they love like that's not realistic either there are some families that are the lucky ones that come back intact why couldn't the Weasleys be one of them? Like I literally guess. everyone around Harry lost someone they loved or lost yeah. their entire family. Basically just, just give us the Weasleys. Just leave I feel them intact.
1: Like I understand why a lot of the deaths had to happen like in a literary sense. So I get it. Like Sirius had to die. Like he yeah. was a father figure. I understand that. Like, um, Lupin and Tonks, I understand that. That kind of creates, like, Teddy's situation, and it mirrors Harry's, like... Yeah. You know, like, as his story is kind of, like, ending, like, that kid's story's beginning, I get it. And there's, like, several other deaths that I'm like, okay, like, this is the purpose that they served. And then if you look at Fred's death, I'm just like... It was it was really unnecessary. Like, it didn't really need to happen. Like, he wasn't supremely close to Harry. He wasn't a father figure. Like, we didn't have to do this.
0: I actually was going to mention this later, but I'm just going to unpin it now um for me I've always seen it I've always seen it as maybe it maybe it's unnecessary to Harry's story and that especially since Harry is our straight man like we are just looking at it in the sense like why would you do that but I think it's just it's ironic I don't know if that's a like the actual word for it but it's just so weird the that correlation with Molly's Brothers, I believe they were twin brothers. Mm-hmm. Both of them passing in that first war and now having the same thing happen to her own twin sons.
1: But it didn't. It wasn't the same thing. She didn't kill it, Fred and George. No. She just killed Fred.
0: But I feel like that was still like... Which then, I mean, I guess
1: you bring this up later, possibly. I don't know if you wrote it in, but me and Marianne were having a conversation. Like, Mm. Fred dated Angelina Johnson.
0: Yes. And then she goes
1: and marries George, George. which is weird enough, but then has his baby. They name it Fred. It bothers me. It's a little weird. You know what we could have done? We could have just left Fred alive. Had them marry and have a child, and not called it Fred.
0: Um, I mean, we also say the same thing about like we could have just left Sirius alive. We no, just I, but I'm tell- But that's alive. what I'm saying is like
1: I'm telling you, like I understand why those things had to happen in a literary sense. Mm-hmm. Fred, I feel, is unnecessary. Fred is just like a representation
2: of what. A family can go through during wartime, and I, mean, I, I, I guess, just, but
1: we've already had
2: those. I know exactly. I feel like he's just an extra unnecessary one, and yeah. we really aren't left
1: with a family that's like intact anymore. Which I mean is is a point, you know? Like yeah. I, none of the families were left intact. I get that, but I'm just like, but meh. it's also not, again, it's not could have killed Percy. Wow, I would trade. I feel like Chris that would
0: that would have been a redeeming arc for him. Dying, yeah yeah i mean he had a noble death
2: i mean he had a redeeming arc at the end we'll get there did he did he (laughs) i mean it was it was like two minutes too late but But yes oh yeah two minutes i feel like chris rankin is gonna come at us at this episode come at me bro come at me chris rankin convince us yes
1: (laughs) i wanted to tell you guys yes So, I was looking, obviously, Pottermore, Dead, R.I.P., Wizarding World, still slowing down the process, but there was some skills mentioned on, like, the Harry Potter, like, wiki page or whatever, and I stole them, and here they are. Yeah. So, she's actually skilled at dark magic. That's kind of crazy. Isn't it? She knows, like, a bunch of, like, hexes and dark curses and whatever, and that's actually what kills Bellatrix, is dark magic.
0: That's kind of insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah so and that uh, shows she's you also, how talented she is exactly but like you know she uses her powers for good
0: she's not just a mother she's also fierce yeah. yes.
1: so she also is skilled at healing potions um <laughs> one of her skills is literally love um oh. <laughs> apparition non-verbal magic dueling and charms wow she she's is good at a lot she's Literally
2: good at, like, three... No, like, four of the main Hogwarts classes. Literally. Yeah,
0: the court classes.
1: So, yeah. And that's Molly Weasley, my friends. Yeah. But what I wanted to talk to Elizabeth about... Oh. Oh, I'm nervous. I was on our Twitter the other day, and somebody did, like, a whole rant on Molly Weasley and, like, why she's basically, like, a horrible person. Hmm. And I was like, I just kind of wanted to, like... Okay. ...throw stuff at Elizabeth because she gets mad. Okay. <laughs> so, the first one was, like... The way that she kind of like never supports Fred and George and she's always kind of like scolding them and she doesn't really take it serious when they say that they want to like open a joke shop and stuff. So they were saying that like, she's basically like not being supportive of her children. How do you feel about that?
2: I feel that Molly is doing the best that she can in that situation. She has seven kids and you know, Fred and George are her little oddballs, and sometimes it is hard for a mom to come to terms with, like, a different idea for her children's future than she might have originally wanted. And, you know, these kids have been jokesters their whole life, and so it's very hard for her to take them seriously with this path that they want to go on, especially because they, you know, she doesn't see the the geniusness behind a lot of their pranks that they've done throughout their life. So I just feel... You know, it's just a mistake that some moms can make and it's unfortunate, but at least in the end, she does support and love her children and she was just doing the best that she could.
0: I agree. I think she had good intentions throughout all of it. And just to kind of tie it back to what Elizabeth said earlier, how she relates to Molly. I feel like Molly was a very similar situation like Elizabeth that when she was growing up, she was the kind of person to be like, even though she wasn't a mother, she was still a mother to all. Um, like either to her friends or to her own brothers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so to imagine if your twin brothers, you know, have passed away in a war and now you give birth to two beautiful twin boys, you're like, wow, this is crazy how life works. And now these two just happen to give you the most trouble out of all of your kids. She could possibly be harder on them, not because like she's trying to be mean or cruel or anything like that, but out of, like, fear that something will happen to them in the end.
1: So, I wanted to read something to Elizabeth. Oh, Because, like, in addition to the Fred and George stuff, there's also a lot of people that talk about how, like, her treatment of Sirius Black and how she's always kind of throwing in his face, like, his single worst mistake in life is, like, kind of leaving Harry and going to Azkaban for 12 years and that whole shenanigans. Um, But, basically, the point that these people that i'm reading from are trying to make is like she's just like kind of overbearing like she's unwavering blah 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 and she causes all these issues and she's kind of like disrespectful and even though her feelings are rooted in caring for other people and like the fact that she is terrified because she's already been through a war she's disrespectful and just because she's scared doesn't make her right (laughs) i wanted to read something because it's like the direct opposite of elizabeth as a person (laughs) It says, she's not a villain and she's not an antagonist, but on a strictly personal level, I hate her. In fact, the only person I'm certain that I hate more in the series is Umbridge. Even Voldemort and Bellatrix, as unrelentingly evil as they are, don't inspire the same visceral reaction in me that Molly's overbearing, unwavering, unending arrogance does
0: wow wow
1: yeah that's personal people are mad okay and that's i feel like it needed to be represented on the podcast <laughs> we needed to address
2: it <laughs> yeah i'm gonna address it i'm just this I'm, article I'm is, is literally like
1: an essay
2: i'm personally i want to ask that author like I'm trying to find their names so that we can give them credit. like this is really bad but like oh, it's like this i call do not call the author this out.
1: is no <laughs> we shouldn't know I mean cuz I said their words, I read it. Oh, okay. I mean, it's on Quora and their name is David. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I'm not going to give you a last name.
0: <laughs> you can google it later you google if you're google interested.
1: <laughs> I mean, I it's on the internet, yeah. so it's public.
2: I don't know, maybe I want to have a conversation with David from Quora and like see this is a psychologist of me coming out where the root of all of this inse- insecurities <laughs> of
1: They also blame Molly for Sirius's death in that article.
2: Whoa. Yeah. What?
1: <laughs> Elizabeth is not having it. What? Because basically, like, they're saying that, like, Harry, like, had it had it been, like, a different situation, that Harry would have never, like, rushed to, like, the Department of Mysteries to, like, go and save him because he would have been saved, blah, 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 and, like, that's what caused his death.
2: I'm sorry, but Harry would have rushed to judgment anyway because he was yeah. a 15-year-old with no well, sense of willpower. Harry, but and also it's Sirius
1: airy. is just as responsible for his death as anybody else.
2: Yeah. I would just like to say, because I feel like there is a fandom out there that hates on Molly. You know, moms aren't perfect people. They are people. people with, you know, that make mistakes. And fortunately, a lot of people in the universe put them on this high pedestal because they are mothers and, you know, they should know better. But they don't. They're figuring things out as they go. So
0: just because they like give birth to someone doesn't mean that they're any less human. They still are just as human as they were before. They have flaws.
2: Exactly. And unfortunately do these flaws sometimes, you know, hinder the, you, their children's upbringing because of their own mom's like insecurities. Maybe. And we see it in Molly and like, you know, I'm sure many of us have had those instances where our moms, where their flaws got in the way of like us or whatever. But that's, but that's okay though, because they were just doing the, the best that they can. Yeah. It's another situation if she was doing it maliciously. Yes. And like really trying to like put Sirius down and being like, no. Like, no, you're not responsible enough. She, at the end of the day, she was just trying to do what's best for Harry because she felt that motherly love for him. Her intentions and, were good. Her intentions were good. And yes, there were mistakes that that were made, but at the end of the day, she does feel sorry for Sirius's death. She owns up to her mistakes, and I think that's the most important part of it. End of rant. Moving on to the rest of the Weasley family. <laughs>
1: Arthur.
0: Yeah! Arthur. All right, so uh, I'm just so happy that I did a little bit of research on Arthur because it just... Reminding me of what a good guy he is. So, I'm gonna start off with this quote that I found on Wizarding World. Yay, Wizarding World is not is getting slowly getting better and having articles out there. But the first uh, first line of this article says, "Low wattage civil servant and henpecked dad of seven, or thoughtful, courageous hero with a bit of a spicy side." <laughs> it literally it literally says with and then parentheses whisper it a bit of a spicy side, so I had to do it. (laughs) I had to add that, so it was cool. But anyway, so we first meet Arthur Weasley in Book 2, Chapter 3, um, that's where, obviously, the whole first car situation happens. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. As we talked about in, um, when we were going over Molly, he is the patriarch, but we are not down with the patriarchy when it comes to him. Boodoom-cha, <laughs> <laughs> my little pun. Oh, um,
1: so good in the notes. Thank
0: you. He... Oh, People would normally say, whatever the olden times say that the father is the, <laughs> the head. Olden times. in the olden times. The father's the head of the household, but honestly, let's be real, that's Molly, not Arthur. But he's still very involved and still, I think, a very good father. Yeah, we know he is the head of the misuse of Muggle artifacts, which basically means that he acquires and investigates. Um, basically, his number one passion, which is Muggle, cult- Muggle culture. Um, He also gains the most knowledge to bring down the anti-Muggle regime, which is the Lord's work. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Listen to this next one. It starts, a precious angel.
0: Okay, so (laughs) I wrote, he is a precious angel who has so much pure enthusiasm for Muggle culture. He really does. Since, like, a very, like, early time in his life and it was so much more precious because he doesn't understand much about it.
2: Yeah, it goes like right over his head. He can't grasp it.
0: When he asks about like a rubber duck in the movie. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, there's a direct quote where he says, his dearest ambition is to find out how airplanes stay up. That's so sweet. A lot of engineering. I (laughs) want to
1: know that too, Arthur.
0: Especially for us because since we are, um, the audience and like living everything through Harry's life, since we we are technically the muggles. It's just so interesting to see someone so interested in our lives when we're like, yeah, that's... A rubber duck is a rubber duck. It's so <laughs> cool. Um, he wears muggle clothing, like, all the time. Which like, is awesome. It's really? great. Yes, he does. Like, he goes out of his way to, like, wear these, like, really cool cool trousers. Like, you know how everyone's in those, like, garments the long. He's not. He's, like, in regular muggle clothing. <laughs> he goes out there. Um, he also has pronunciation problems like me. No ah, way. Yes. And I just like remembered that. I was like, wow. So escalators for him became escapators. Amazing. Yes. Fan heaters. <laughs> oh my ec- God, yes. Eclectic fires. <laughs> yes. And then telephones are, of course, Belly felly tones. tones. <laughs> so I think he, 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 I think he has a little worse than I do. But I just really bond with him in that sense. I have issues, too. But it comes from a good place. But off, but still, he has a very mischief, mischievous side, mischievous. as good as he is. Mischievous. Which has to be where Fred and George get it from. Yes, it yeah. is. Because he loves illegally experimenting with the muggle and the magical, including, obviously, as we already know, the highly controversial enchanting of a Ford Anglia. Um, I've already mentioned, yeah, the children definitely get that like mischievous side from him. Like... <laughs> The for one of the first quotes and the the first reaction he has when Molly is like, "Look what oh your God, sons yes. did." And he's like, he goes, "Did you really? Did it go all right?" And then he's like, uh, "I mean that 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 was very wrong, boys. Very wrong indeed."
2: I feel like Arthur and Molly's relationship is always like Molly, you know, being like very straightforward, like yeah. the good mom, yeah, and like Arthur being like the one who forgets. That he's supposed to be a dad. 100%. And it's just like, hey, boys, let's go. Let's let's
1: hang out. Okay. And, then, and then he's like,
2: oh, wait, do Little, your chores. Like, stop, yeah. Wait, stop, wait. Okay,
1: like, hashtag multi-fandom. But this reminds me of Mean Girls, where the dad, like, lets her go out. And he's like, oh my uh, God. can they not go out when they're grounded? <laughs> that's Arthur. Yes, that's Arthur. It
0: is. Even in the same book, in uh, Chamber of Secrets, later on, Arthur tries unsuccessfully, though, to persuade Molly to let him use the invisibility booster in the enchanted Fort Anglia so <laughs> that they can fly unseen to King's Cross Station.
1: Well, I mean, it happens. Just not with Arthur. <laughs> just nope. not with mm-hmm. Arthur.
0: But could you believe that? Like, just their, like, conversations like, hey, can we use the Fort Anglia today? And Molly's like, "Nope. <laughs> like, are you crazy, <laughs> Arthur? No. no. We could get seen. Um, this I didn't know, but he built the borough out of muggle scraps. That's That's pretty cool. Because, of course, you know, his passion. So, in the movies, fun fact, we see whenever you, like, look at the scenes and stuff, the walls are covered in drawings, like kid drawings, whenever a kid, like, does something in school and they bring it back home. Apparently, like, they wanted to add something as if they, like, kept those drawings all throughout their years. Um, And they actually, for the production, had real kids draw those drawings and then they put them all over the set. Aww. So it's really cool. Um, obviously we've already mentioned it's Harry's favorite place. And it's just really cool because especially within the movies, was the movies really bring those to life. And then luckily enough for like me and Elizabeth getting to see that in the studio tour, mm-hmm. you really get to see the like the borough be as warm but also kind of chaotic. That because it has those exclusive. different levels. I'm sorry, Jenny, but you will, we will get you there. It's fine. For everybody fine. who
1: can't see me, I've literally turned away from my co hosts.
0: Moving.
2: I will not on. look at them. Like Jenny's moving away.
1: Oh. you feel bad when I'm not here. <laughs> I will. I'm already depressed. Yeah, be
0: depressed. Oh. Uh, <laughs> speaking of tips. <laughs>
1: We staged that?
0: We did not stage that. (laughs) (laughs) My next note. So, we all know his long standing rival is Lucius Malfoy. Since he is a big supporter of the anti Muggle, he actually goes out of his way to ask for Arthur's resignation. And he tries to even sabotage the growing Muggle Protection Act that Arthur tries to pass. Honestly, does Lucius have a life? Honestly, no. No.
1: God. Mm-hmm. he probably just brushes his hair a lot.
0: He doesn't, <laughs> and
1: does evil things,
0: <laughs> and grumbles doing <through> something. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Sorry for we your ears. Of
1: your <laughs> Wait on that. I was literally okay. So, so everybody knows we went out for my birthday last night, <laughs> and I'm literally I get home and I'm getting ready. I'm like doing my hair or whatever. And oh no, it was for your show. I was yes. doing my hair for your show. Okay. And I'm literally like, you know, curling my hair is like a lot. <laughs> So, I'm listening to Harry Potter on, like, my little speaker in the bathroom. And it's the part where Voldemort, like, resurrects. And it's in the book. And he's, like, a whisper. i about that. Yes. Like, I was, like, Mary
0: Yes. yes. Okay. Oh, Man. one of my favorites. Moving on. So, it was known that the Weasleys were in poverty, right? But Arthur was still a positive light, modest, caring, to the point that he overstretched himself. Um, I, for me, that speaks volumes just because I think... Going back to my, like, little pun of saying down with the patriarchy kind of deal, he's actually a really healthy example of masculinity in the series because yeah. he does he's not intimidated by having a very strong mother type, not having to be the ho- head of the household. He is very, um, I wouldn't say emotional, but he is very caring and mm-hmm. um, considerate of other people. Um, like, he's just, I mention it later, uh, but he's very even nice to the Dursleys, and I'm just like, what? Yeah. I can't even... Also, I'm putting a pin here because pin it. I'm mentioning something else later that kind of made me upset and butthurt. Okay. Anyways, he's such an amazing person. Going off of that, he won a good sum of money in a daily profit prize draw and treated his brood, his lovely family, to a month-long holiday in Egypt. Which was really fun, and it, just think about this family that doesn't own much and doesn't have a lot, and they get to go for a month to see one of their like siblings doing the things that they want to do. I just think that's really wonderful, and not only that, but not not only did Molly treat Harry as a son, so did Arthur very yeah. much so. Um, I was talking with Je- Jenny earlier about um, how he got harry the quidditch world cup tickets just as he did with the rest of his family and even though he had those ministry connections it couldn't have been very cheap tickets he would have still had to pay a kind of a, a, a penny to it pay it
1: literally sounds like we sit around and just like talk about harry potter I like different points in our day, <laughs> we I do. Was, like, Earlier, I was talking to me about this. I'm just like, it just sounds like we have nothing else. Like, yeah. we just talk about Harry Potter with each other all the time.
0: We really do, and then we also try to save it for this because then we have really great conversations. We're like, dang it, dang it, we could like put that I love later.
2: It. I love how we were at your show the other day, and someone came up to us, and he was like trying to tell us a story, and. <laughs> Jenny was like, oh, you, you mean about Harry Potter? And he's like, not everything is about Harry Potter. Oh, my God, yes.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: I'm yes, screaming, yes. of course.
1: I remember it. I was like, oh, like Harry
0: Potter. <laughs> oh, like Harry Potter? Oh, <laughs> we can't like, talk about like, anything, anything else, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so one thing I th- I've already mentioned, the Dursleys, how he's so nice, but he, ar- ar- um, he arranged for the fireplace at Privet Drive to be connected to the Flu Network for that afternoon um, for the Quidditch World Cup so that they could come and collect Harry. He spoke to the Dursleys and I put like nada, like nothing. So he was so calm, like he's things were going on, like um, Fred and George gave. Um, he
1: didn't, he, no, they did not give it to Dudley. Mm,
0: they Kind of placed it it there. They They knew Dursley, um, Dudley Dudley. was gonna eat it. He
1: brought it upon himself.
0: Uh huh. Sure. He did. He picked it up. Arthur was like, "It's fine. I got this." Wasn't freaking out even when they were like throwing him out of the house. Basically, Um, he went to Harry's hearing with him in the Ministry. Was very calm about it, especially when they moved up his hearing. He was part of the Seven Potters battle alongside with his son Fred. We're just gonna go by that really quickly, <laughs> and I just think that's a very important um, uh, reciprocated relationship, especially the fact later that Harry pretty much saves Arthur's life once he starts having visions of Arthur being attacked by Nagini. And yeah, and then last but not least, since we've already talked about her, <laughs> we have to talk about them together, Molly, or Molly Wobbles, as don't. he affectionately uh, refers to her, the love Molly of his Wubbles. life. <laughs> I just wanted to also mention how it's so funny that Molly, Molly's favorite person is like Celestino Warbeck and their song is a (laughs) cauldron full of hot, strong love by Celestina Warbeck. They have a song and we know what song it is. We need it. Like we need JK Rowling to like come out with a studio album of Celestina Warbeck yeah, singing all these songs. Warner brothers,
2: get it together, get it
0: together. But they just have really funny marriage moments. Like I've already mentioned before. And as well as this one, um, uh, the actual quotes, quote says arthur is furious when fred and george for uh, at fred and george for dropping the ton tongue t- toffee in the dursleys living room and is certain that they did it on purpose knowing that dudley wouldn't be able to resist eating it he threatens to tell molly about the incident but hesitates when she overhears him mm-hmm. having never actually intended to tell her that's so cute. and oh. it was like oop oops But and I oop and I oop and it's just they're a perfect ship together. Yeah, it's just such a great relationship. And that's perfect
1: ships do. They sailed right off into the sunset. Had their first kid, William Bill Weasley. Wow! So um, I am dubbing Bill Weasley Bay Island. If you're keeping track, he's a new addition. Not keeping track, but thank you. Not at
0: all. Okay. Hoping so you guys out there so, are titty. Uh no.
1: the oldest Weasley son. I wrote hashtag facts.
0: My favorite. Oh. Um,
1: he has a ponytail and a fanged earring, and then I wrote that he's probably super hot.
0: <laughs> Just
1: sounds like he would be. Sounds like a dude. I'd be like, oh, yep. He's got a ponytail and a fanged earring.
0: I'm there. I had a. Cr- I would have had a crush on him in high school. One hundred
1: percent. He probably has a leather jacket, like a dragon hide jacket. <laughs> Anyways. So, he works as a curse breaker for Gringotts, and we officially meet him in Goblet of Fire because of the Quidditch World Cup. So, we don't, like, like super meet him, but he's there. Cool. Um, when the Muggles are being attacked at the campsite by the Death Eaters... Um, the guy who's, like, in charge of, like, the land or whatever you call those people. And his family are, like, up in the air. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so when that attack is happening, he runs, like, right into the action, and he's ready to defend them. I think it's, like, him and Charlie just, like, run straight in with Percy, I believe. And they're, like, trying to calm everything down. Um, so that's, like, nice and courageous. Yeah. Um, mm. We don't know, like, a whole lot about, like, him and Charlie because they're mm. the lesser, like, seen sons in the series. But those are the one thing that I know. That is the one thing that I know. Um, when the Order of the Phoenix is reformed, uh, Bill asks for a transfer to a desk job in London so that he could join and like be a part of it. So, like, he used to be a curse-breaker, like, yes. off in foreign places. Now he's at London doing Dumbledore things.
0: Do you guys remember when we were talking about, like, what professions we would do if we were in the living oh, world? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And I mentioned, like, I could possibly would want to do be a curse-breaker. It's because of Bill's, Bill Weasley.
1: Well, I he's, mean, like, you already have a ponytail. Like, all you need is a fang, deer.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: I think I could pull it off. I think that you could, too. So, at some point, he meets Fleur, and they get engaged, and they're super like in love and stuff. Is and Molly Molly's is happy. not happy, <laughs> which we discussed. I know, but I had to write it again for the sake of the podcast. So while he's in the Order of the Phoenix, spoiler alert: Mad Eye Moody dies, and he is one of Whoa. the first people that volunteers to recover his body because he's hella brave.
0: Mm, he and, is. Uh, they
1: look and they look and they look, and they obviously can't find anything, but he tried. And he gets a gold star for it. Mm-hmm. He also is the one that gets attacked by Fenrir Greyback. Oh! It's because you're reading my notes. Yes. Uh, I thought it was natural.
0: No. I, I literally wrote note. in my notes.
1: It's it literally <laughs> says, Fenrir Greyback. Marianne screams. Um, yes. <laughs> he's left oh my with a, God! I literally wrote. That. We probably scared people. What if like we <laughs> got <into> an accident? <laughs> I I actually jumped at the table. Um, oh my God. So he's left with a scar after his attack from Fenrir, and he is left with an affinity for like rare meat, which is gross. It's
2: delicious. The rare okay the steak. meat
1: sweats. <laughs> spiped down over there. <laughs> so um, this is when Fleur kind of shows like her dedication. Molly's like uh you can't marry him now. He's ugly. And she's like, dude, are you, like, dumb? Still like this guy. Less cooking I have to do. And that's when Molly's like, maybe this girl's all right. Yeah i and, mean this uh, was yeah. one of the
2: few times that floor didn't like come across as superficial i think yes. this is the only
1: time that floor <laughs> Not come. like from that point on i'm like okay i like this girl yeah. yeah um but finally like molly accepts her and she becomes part of the fam obviously because they get married which is obviously like a horrible time because boom such a terrible wedding man. right i mean like it was a good one until until they're like they're coming but yeah, um. So at some point in book seven, that is where Ron goes after he leaves the trio. He goes to like their shell cottage, which is Bill and Flora's cottage, and he offers like a bunch of people refuge. there. He's like, "Oh, you're a goblin, come on in. Oh, you're a wand maker, come on in. Dean Thomas, why not?" And everybody's just like staying at his house, and he's a cool dude. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. That I is feel like it summary. would be such
0: a cool house too. Just it probably would be a cool house. Like
1: I believe it belonged to like.
0: What, are there, one of the yeah. yeah it was like one
1: of the aunts or something like that. Are you laughing at my next note? Okay. I'm up, okay. I tag team, so we we all like took a Weasley, and I <laughs> tag teamed Bill and Charlie because we don't know a lot about them. So I was like, Bill sounds super hot with his ponytail and his earring, but then I got to Charlie, and you know me, the bro. I'm like dragons, so I mm. named him Bay Archipelago. <laughs> that is a cluster of islands, if anybody is wondering. So, it's like several islands, which is several levels of hot.
0: I'm screaming. Oh, my God.
1: I literally wrote, Bay Archipelago. My next note says, probably hot. He works (laughs) with dragons in Romania. Thanks, Ron, for telling us. And he is, in fact, a member of the Order of the Phoenix, uh, but instead of, like, asking for a desk job in London, he just works by recruiting foreign peeps for the cause. Okay. Uh, oh, I thought that note said perfect, which, okay, cool, but he's also a prefect. <laughs> um, and he's also, in addition to being a prefect, he is seeker and quidditch captain in his days at Hogwarts, and he was on the team with Oliver Wood, who is, like, obviously obsessed with him because he's a good quidditch yes. player. Um, But he says that he could have played for England if he didn't go off to, like, start hunting dragons or taking care of them or whatever it is that he does with (laughs) the dragons. Um, But he helps out with the Norbert situation in book one. That's who they write Mm -hmm. to. when they're like, Hagrid, you've got to get rid of this dragon, bro. Yep. And they write to Charlie. And even though Charlie doesn't come to Hogwarts to physically pick up Norbert, he does send his friends. Yeah. So there's that. But that's that's like the correspondence that we have with him.
0: That's so interesting um, how JK yeah. decided to send like she could have just maybe ridden Charlie in because we don't Yeah, have a lot I would have loved to him. see Charlie. We've ne- like, we never, like, never really seen him. But yeah. he
1: doesn't really say much. And then yes. he like sends his friends to Hogwarts and then he doesn't really come back to be part of the order, but he is. It's just kind of weird how he's like absent almost. Yes. Yeah. He's I, I he's,
0: wonder if she has something for him. For, like, future reference? Listen,
1: I'm ready to read another seven books about a Weasley that takes care of dragons. <laughs> I'm here for it.
0: Well, uh, I, I'm i not sure if we're missing any information, but I know for a fact Hogwarts a Mystery has Ugh. a lot of Bill and Charlie mentions. So there's probably more of their backstory on the game, but we don't necessarily know that or are trying to pay attention to that. If it comes up, <laughs> it comes up. One of those things
2: yeah bless
0: whatever it's just hard it's just hard you know because especially with now Wizarding World where they don't have like half of the actual book uh, information uh, and that that's just kind of like setting us all back and if that's really canon like start adding all of that to Wizarding World I'm
1: not gonna talk about it because I can't be here for another 20 minutes
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so moving on to child number three uh, but now I'm more mad I'm sorry tons. Percy Skip Weasley. spell, Spiel. Spiel. <laughs> so
2: basically, Percy is a stick in the mud. He Literally. got probably all of the annoying traits that Molly has. Mm-hmm. And it was just like magnified by a hundred. And that's Percy. Absolutely. Without like the mothering side of it. Just like the annoying like rule following side.
0: Yeah. He's just very
2: ambitious. I just don't like him. Anyways, <laughs> just don't like that. <laughs> He was our first introduction to rules and magic in Hogwarts because he was the prefect our, in Harry's first year. Mm-hmm. So you know we have like that cool part, you know whatever. Um, he was prefect, you know, head boy. He liked to brag about that because you know he's so cool. Uh, um, one of my favorite uh, quotes from Ron is actually referencing Percy and his lack of a personality. <laughs> And it's like Percy wouldn't know a joke if it danced naked in front of him <laughs> yes. wearing Dobby's tea cozy. <laughs> oh no! So I mean, Percy's just known like he has no sense of humor. Like he's just—he seems to me like w- the biggest oddball out of the Weasley siblings. Absolutely, like yeah. everyone else seems like they're n- they're they could be troublemaker kids. You know, Fred and George are troublemaker mm-hmm. kids, but still like smart and ambitious, but in a nice way. Um, one of my favorite parts of, uh, Percy's story is actually when he starts being like hella shady (laughs) because he's like going around Hogwarts, snogging Penelope Clearwater. That is my favorite part of like chamber of secrets. It's like, where has Percy been? What is Percy doing? And he's, he's like, he found a girlfriend he's making out in corridors and breaking
0: school rules. That is so great. The one time you'll ever do that. Exactly. And it's for a girl. I love it. Teenage hormones. Teenage boys. (laughs) He's still a teenage boy.
2: Yes. All right. So basically, we don't hear uh, much about Percy in book three. But then book four is when we really start getting into the Percy that a lot of us don't like. Mm -hmm. And that's basically him until the last second in book seven. But anyways, he went to work for the Department of International Magical Cooperation under Barty Crouch Sr., Mm -hmm. uh, who loved calling him Weatherby, (laughs) which I loved um, because, you know, Percy obviously just wants to be noticed and acknowledged and, like, this guy couldn't even remember his name for the life of him. It's so great. He uh, later becomes the junior assistant assistant. To the Minister of Magic. And this is when things get really bad for Percy and his family. My eyes hurt from eye rolling.
0: <laughs> and this is where my pin will be unpinned. Unpinning it. So this is around the same time that Arthur and Percy have a huge tiff over the summer before they're... I'm um, are they I mean,
1: calling this a tiff. It is a
0: little bit of a tiff.
1: It's a huge tiff. So, yeah.
0: before Harry's fifth year, this tiff happens, and Percy basically blames, like, the Weasley poverty, I guess, wow. on Arthur, and tells him he basically sucks for not having as much ambition as himself and, like, any anybody else in the ministry. And this is, like I said, this is around the same time that he announced he was becoming the junior assistant. And it's just so rude, because one, that's your father, so how dare you, like, disrespect him for that and, like... Blame your situation on that. Like, that money should not be important. And not everybody has to be incredibly ambitious. I think people... And, and I think this is one of Percy's flaws and a lo- reason why a, a lot of people have an issue with the character is that not everybody's success is the same. Yeah. So success is a personal definition. It's whatever you find happiness and success is your own. So how dare you tell your father you should be more ambitious. Your passion is like basically sucks. You have nothing to show for. You haven't provided for us. When that's not, oh my God, it's just I have yeah, major issues on that. And the fact that Funch only even promoted Percy to spy on his father because he was close to Dumbledore. Like, I can't. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Moving on. Okay. Mm-hmm. To
2: be honest, um, I'm honestly really happy that at the end of a lot of this, he felt some shame after everything he did. Because his family was literally always there to love and support him, even though he was annoying. Yeah. And then he just, like, turns around and backstabs his family. Yeah. The tiff with Arthur, like, you know, talking bad about his dad, his mom. And I'm like, dude, they tried their best, and they gave you a wonderful childhood full of wonderful memories. Absolutely. And that's what counts.
0: Yes. Anyways. It's all about parenting, too. Like, Being like growing up to be a good human, a good person, they're instilling those values and morals in you as well. It's not about material items. I hate this dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It is basically only right before the Battle of Hogwarts that Percy reconciles with his family. Mm -hmm. Um, He already feels bad when he realizes in the beginning of like book seven when things really start hitting the fan. That, you know, he he did wrong, especially by not going to the wedding, by, like, having his family mm-hmm. in danger and not being there for them. He realizes this, but he's too ashamed of himself to actually, like, do anything about it. So he ends up avoiding his family for the remainder of that school year. And the only way um, he really knows about his family and what they're doing is he actually, like, keeps tab with uh, Aberforth um, just to see how his family's doing since Aberforth is part of the order. And so Aberforth obviously lets Percy know, like, hey, dude, literally your entire family is here fighting Voldemort. People are going to die. You need to get your butt over here.
1: So Percy... Which then- is funny that Aberforth is the one that's, like, I guess, contacting him. Yeah. It, because that's obviously not- his family relationships are not pristine.
2: Yeah. You know, that's a whole other episode.
1: Yeah. I just think it's kind of... Not ironic, but... It's ironic. For lack of a better term. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I actually love um, the way that Percy comes to reconcile, especially because there are a lot of really good moments between him and Fred um, right before, like, the intensity of the battle. And so Percy basically says, I was a fool. I was an idiot. I was a pompous prat. I was, uh, And then Fred's like, ministry-loving, family-disowning, power-hungry moron. And Percy's like, yes. I am.
0: It's very much like the parable of the prodigal son. Like he really just had to. Yeah. Oh my God. Whoa. Yeah. To have to come back and realize what he had done wrong in that like hour of need. Yeah. And so, so this is the part where we're already
2: starting to get into the sad stuff. Um, And this is actually something I completely forgot because maybe I don't really think I don't like to dwell on this part of the story because it makes me sad Mm -hmm. Um, but basically during the battle, Percy and Fred fought alongside each other for the majority of the battle. And Percy was actually dueling the then minister, Pius Thicknesse. And in the middle of the battle, he like jokingly told the minister that he had resigned, which was super great because then Fred's like, Oh my God, you're making a joke yeah. in the middle of this battle. But unfortunately, they had, like, this finally, like, this beautiful brother bonding moment where, like, Percy made a joke. Fred acknowledged it. And they were happy. And then Joe decides to write in that an explosion came down and killed Fred right in front of Percy. And Percy, and this is the part where I'm like, okay, finally, Percy, we're seeing, like, the good side of him because he is so grief-stricken by seeing his brother die in front of him that he refuses to leave his body. Like this kid would probably be killed if Harry hadn't stumbled upon them. And then Harry and Ron forced Percy to help move Fred's body into a safe space. Um, and it's so sad because they, like, they basically had to like drag it. Okay. I'm just not going <laughs> to go into that. Uh. And then Percy full of like so much anger and sorrow. He storms back into battle charging after Rookwood um, and he's just, he just goes on this rampage trying to avenge his brother's death. And I guess that, that is a nice ending to like Percy's arc, especially considering how bad he was. And I think, um, when I was like thinking about this, Percy probably felt Fred's death a little bit harder than some of the siblings besides George, cause that's his twin. But out of all the siblings probably felt it a little bit harder because He was the one who decided to not be a part of the family for basically three years. And this is the result. He lost that valuable time with his brother that he's never going to get back. And I think he's really dwelling on that part of himself. And this is probably like shame that he carries for the rest of his life, which is pretty sad. Good. (laughs) Yeah. There's also just like as a side note to get out of the sad stuff. Um, There's like a backstory on Percy's years before Harry and Ron got there on Hogwarts, the mystery game. We're
0: just mm-hmm. not going to talk about it because I don't like the game. Good. That's, um, what that's what I'm saying. Like they need to have pages on Wizard yes. World. They're serious about this being canon.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of mad. They like, need to back it up. If we don't play that or if we don't acknowledge it or whatever, then we just don't have that information and it's super yeah. annoying. Whatever. Yeah. But anyways, um, Elizabeth was like, oh, we're not going to talk about this because we're not going to get sad. But we are because the next people in the family mm. are Fred and George Weasley. Uh, My first note says sadness. Yeah. But we're going to really skip over it. Glad I, I'm kind of glad that I covered Fred and George because I feel like it would have just been too emotional.
2: Oh, if I had, I had written this? Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. There no would just way. be tears
1: everywhere. Um, So I didn't know this until today, but they were born on April 1st. Yep. Ah! Yep. I April didn't know Bulls it, but I had day. forgotten Mm-hmm. Um, so they used to mess with Ron a lot when they were kids. Like they've always been mischievous. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite things <laughs> that they did was give him acid pops That's and parents off his tongue. That's terrible. Also, I forgot to write this. Thank gosh, I remembered it. Arthur walked in and Fred and George are like trying to make him take the unbreakable vow. Yes. and Arthur was like, What are you doing? <laughs> um, which is funny though, because I'm like, the unbreakable vow is like Vow is like so much like complicated magic, and here's like these two little kids just like <laughs> trying to pull it off. But yeah, um, and then my last favorite thing that they did as children is they turned Ron's teddy bear into a spider, and from then on, Ron was like arachnophobic. <laughs> that is where the fear began, all because he broke like Fred's toy broomstick. Yep, or George's. I don't know. Allegedly,
2: one of one of them. <laughs> one
1: of them, but I'm pretty sure it's Fred. So they start Hogwarts in the year of 1989 and they discover the marauder's map in that first year. So they were in Filch's office and there's like a drawer. I I forgot to find the, like the actual label because it's written down somewhere in the literature. But there's basically like a drawer that's like confiscated and highly dangerous materials or something like that and they just like reach in and what they pick out is the marauder's map. And if that's not fate, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. But um like I said before, they're super Ooh, mischievous. Question. And I love it. Yeah. I'm sorry to like
2: like interrupt. You're good? I this kind of like calls back to our last episode about the Marauders. Mm-hmm. Yes. How did Filch as a squib know that the Marauders' map was dangerous because if he had confiscated it, he would have just seen empty parchment. No. And he didn't he have He might
1: have seen like insults, right? Or is that just for Snape? That's just for
2: Snape. The insults are designed no, just for know. Snape and Filch doesn't have the magic to be able to say, I'll solemnly swear, I'm up to no good. Because you need a maybe wand
1: to
0: tap it. He probably he saw, saw them, them like using, using, it, using
1: it or like that. The
0: marauders. Yeah. Yeah. And because once he confiscated, he doesn't know what but it also, is. But also, like,
1: I could also so, see him, like, just taking something from those four boys and being like, I know this dangerous. is trouble. It's dangerous. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's probably more it. Yeah. Because <laughs> they lost it, remember, in, like, their last year. So they had been there already for a minute. Yeah. But, yeah. So... Uh, they are mischievous, but they also, like, show in the book, like, throughout the themes of the book, that, like, you're fighting all this hate and oppression and all, like, these horrible things, and they're, like, a great comedic relief, but it's also, like, hella lit because that's how I identify with things. Like, that's just a coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, But they found their secret passageway their first week at Hogwarts. They didn't even have the map yet, and they would already found a secret passageway.
2: They're just so smart. I love them. Like,
1: what? But... They also set off a dung bomb. And this is just like I was writing literal, like mischievous things that they've done throughout time. <laughs> they set off a dung bomb under Auntie Muriel's chair at like an event. It's so and great. from that moment, it's suspected that Muriel wrote them out of her will. And then she never attended anything until the wedding, until Bill, Bill yes. and Fleur's wedding. Like she never came to anything else. And they all think it's because of the dung bomb. So, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, man, the fans probably going to be, like, super upset. But it's, like, the opposite. Like, everybody was super happy that she wasn't coming to anything anymore. <laughs> so, they were kind of, like, the heroes yes. doing that. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, I know that it's kind of hard to take them serious because they get into a lot of shenanigans. But they're also, like, super brave. And, I mean, they're Gryffindors. Yes. They're, like, super loyal. And they stand yeah. up for what they believe in. And blah, 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 blah. So, they want to join the Order of the Phoenix. And they eventually do as soon as they're old enough to be allowed And Molly's like, I guess I can't stop you now. So they do join. um, And they also join Dumbledore's army. And they're super supportive of Harry being the professor. But there's also like a lot of examples in the book where they're just really supportive of Harry. Like when everybody thinks that he's the heir of Slytherin, they literally walk around the hallways like, move out. The heir of Slytherin is coming through. Like he's going to go kill some muggles. (laughs) And they're like joking about it. Yeah. But I think that's super sweet of them. They are also both beaters for the Gryffindor Quidditch team. Well. And um something that kind of like always like stuck with me or whatever is in that in that game where um they have the the rogue bludger or whatever. Yeah, they are like standing up for Harry. They're obviously protecting him, but Oliver Wood <laughs> wants Harry to just like fly around and try and avoid it, and they're like are you insane? Like, there is a rogue bludger happening right now. <laughs> and they kind of, like, stand up for him. And I always thought that that was nice. But, um, like we brought up earlier, some people have a lot of feelings about the whole, like, Molly thing. And kind of how she doesn't support them in the joke shop thing. But they go and they do the damn thing. Yeah. And they open up their joke shop and they're super successful. And eventually both of their parents are proud. Can I just say, like, they're actual geniuses. The product that they came up with is, like, awesome,
2: complicated magic. And, you know, they Put a pin in it. Okay.
0: (laughs) But you can keep
1: going. No, no, no. I'll stop. Okay. So, um, they they open up the joke shop with, like, possibly the best name ever, Weasley's Wizard Weezes. But they're super good at charms, which obviously we know because they invent all these things. Um, but i have a list of inventions, Ooh, which is, that was the pin. We are unpinning it now. Cool. <laughs> so a list of inventions that they made and, um, that they, I guess eventually sell some of, they have fake wands, which Ludo, ba- Ludo Bagman in the fourth book is talking about how like they're really good and he wants to sell them, but you know, he's shading. <laughs> they also create Weasleys, wildfire whiz bangs, canary creams, extendable ears, skiving snack boxes, headless hat, nosebleed nougat, portable swamp, puking pastilles, ton-tongue toffees, punching telescopes. Why is so, there a punching telescope? <laughs> you don't remember that? Somebody, oh my god, who is in the book? Like, they go to, like, look through the telescope. Isn't it Hermione? And she gets... It punches her and she gets a black eye. Oh, my God. But they can't fix it. Like, it's not... Like, Molly can't heal it correctly. Yes. Yes. And so, it's, it's like she literally so just funny. has a black it's eye so for the evil. longest time. But yes.
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, but
1: speaking of portable swamp, that leads me to when they exit school in the middle of their seventh year. Woo! Because... Umbridge. Umbridge. <laughs> I
0: always thought for some reason that they were expelled, but I think it was just no, no, no. They, they just left. They bounced, and
1: like. they did hella t- amounts of cool, cool magic. Which even Flitwick is like, "This is some cool magic." <laughs> which is when you know, yeah,
0: that's uh, when you know. But
1: basically, they like release a bunch of fireworks and stuff like that that they invented, I believe, and then um they just like leave a portable swamp in the hallway, <laughs> and nobody does anything about it because it makes Umbridge unhappy. Woo, yeah. And so, like,
2: when they leave, that's when they open, like, that physical location of their joke shop. And I love, like, the depictions that they do in the book and in the movies. It's like, you literally see everything in Diagon Alley is going out of business except for Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Because... You know, Jenny, you identify with, like, you know, having to joke yeah. when there's, like, sad times. A lot of people need that comedic relief yeah. because if not, it's like, important. your life is too depressing. And, yes. you know, a lot of people's lives are really depressing during the war. Yeah. And it goes to show that they are very smart
1: businessmen because they knew they had a product that would sell. And they had a product called You Know Poo. <laughs> yes. Bless them. Bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. <laughs> But, yeah, so um, they're Coolio. And I also mentioned that they're one of the people that participates in, like, the Seven Potters. So they participate in the battle above Little Whinging. Uh, But that is when George loses an ear. Why does he lose an ear? What could it possibly be? Why does he lose
0: an ear? Oh,
1: it's Severus Snape,
0: Marianne. I'm feeling attacked.
1: Good, and I'm you keeping my comments attacked.
0: to myself. Can't
1: wait to have that episode.
0: <laughs>
1: so it's um, maybe
0: it's good that you're moving, so like we can just argue from a distance. I'm
1: literally gonna be like <laughs> uh, like alone in an apartment in Texas, like yelling about Severus Snape. <laughs> my neighbors are gonna be like, "Who is this lady?" <laughs> but yeah, so he loses an ear. He's holy. They also fight in the Battle of Hogwarts. Fred dies. I don't want to talk about it. And the next Weasley. Kid is Ron. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who we've already talked Who about. we already
1: talked about. Boom. We're committing
0: to the move. Wow. <laughs> we're we're, we're <laughs> really, <laughs> we really committed to that transition. I don't think the you transition. I told
1: you at the beginning of the day, I didn't want to talk about this. I'm not talking about it. It makes me sad. Okay. Ginny. Ginny. Janae. All right. So I actually had no. Oh, wait. What? We should probably say, like, if you're just listening to us or just tuning in, we're not covering Ron because he got his whole episode because he's a perfect, perfect, perfect man. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and listen to that episode, I believe it's episode number two or, like, number three or whatever on iTunes because it's messed up. But, yes, Ron, he's been covered. It's called Weasley is our king. It's, like, one of our first episodes. Look it up. Bye. (laughs) 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 Okay. Okay. Do you guys have any like fun additional notes in the meantime about Ron? He's very nice. He's very
0: funny. Is he your favorite today?
2: Mm. Oh.
0: I think Ron has been betrayed. Mm. Ron has officially no. been demoted. Wow. No he has not No. What? Yeah, he has. He really No. You sure?
1: I'm sorry. It's we're coming into Christmas time. It's Ron season. It's Ron. <laughs> sorry. And those cute bracelets from Alex and Annie just came out. Oh yeah, with like the little Ron sweater and the little like hair sweater
2: for like the best friend. If anybody's ones. looking
1: to send me oh. fan mail, that'd be a great gift. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's I'm sorry, it's Ron season.
0: Interesting. I don't believe her. anymore. Anyway, I don't know. if I, I believe care. her either. But
1: I'm gonna go home and wear my Ron sweater.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna send us a picture just to prove that she's right.
1: Damn. Now I'm gonna have to go home and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I do have a sweater. Look at that. I can go to Texas in the winter.
0: Oh, um, we're good. Sorry.
1: <laughs> all right. Ginny.
2: Ginny. All right. So I had no idea her name was Ginevra at all. I Is this mentioned in the book somewhere? What? Like where? Where? I have no idea. Anyways, I
0: must have... <laughs>
2: I must have like glanced over it so many times because I really didn't care. I was just like, her name's Jenny. Like yeah. I don't need this random fun fact about her. But I would just like to say I'm a terrible fan. Why am I on this podcast? <laughs> it's fine. We're
1: all human. <laughs> you didn't know her name was Genevra. Genevra. And I didn't know that it wasn't Genevra. <laughs> because in the notes, it's literally written Genevra on the title of her portion. Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> I listed out the children.
0: <laughs> okay. Now,
1: So uh, Ginny has always had an affinity
2: for Quidditch, and when she was six, she began a habit of breaking into the family broom shed and taking each of their brooms out in turn. She was never caught because she's wily as hell, (laughs) and it only came to light eight years later when Hermione revealed it to Fred and George,
1: which is pretty incredible. Oh, and that music box makes my day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right. So Harry and Jenny's relationship. Yes, mm. queen. I actually think it is a beautiful relationship. Uh-huh. Okay. We've already mentioned it in our Harry episode. And even when we talked about shipping Ron and Hermione. The yes. ship
1: that sails all ships.
2: All ships sailing. Harry and Jenny are a perfect match for each other. And yes. I will say it. Again and again and again so people can shut up about Harry and Hermione.
0: Ugh. And Harry and any other person too. Basically.
1: <laughs> Unless it's Harry and Draco. It's not gonna kind of ship in. What? Okay.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Relax.
1: Stop it. There's a lot of those people out there. We can not exclude them
0: from the podcast. I'm sorry, dreary no. fans.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's get on with this because I'm really looking forward to this rant. Oh my and Lisa, rant coming up soon. We're going to rant about Jenny. We haven't let her do it yet <laughs> in the 13 episodes that we've had, and it's finally coming. Yes. It's okay. Like Christmas. We
2: <laughs> we've mentioned it before, but you know, I had a crush on Harry Potter growing up. He was like my fictional crush. And when he first started dating Cho Chang, I was like, this girl ain't going to do it for you. She's not worth it. Like I do not like her. She is not up to the standards of the boy who lived and the chosen one. Like that's how I felt. Jesus. But when it started being obvious in book six, that Harry was developing feelings for Ginny, I never like fought against it. I was like, yes, this totally works. Like, Ginny was the number one stan of Harry, which
1: is so mm. cool slash creepy slash awesome. I'm feeling like Elizabeth was also the number one stan of Harry <laughs> <her> Potter. <daughter. laughs>
0: I would just like to say, would this mean that Ginny is the chosen one because she uh, was uh, chosen huh. by the chosen one? I guess uh, so. Yeah, Totally.
1: If we don't get to this rant soon, I'm going to explode. <laughs> no, 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 we're going to get to it. I have to talk about the nice stuff first. I know, I know, I know. I'm just there
0: so excited. We, there's, there needs some backstory, some Yes, a backstory. meat. The foundation to her rant.
2: Yes. needs some meat before I add the potatoes.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> American.
2: <laughs> when I'm, I was only born here. I was only born here. It's fine. But anyways, so, you know, Ginny has, you know, that connection to Harry because of the Chamber of Secrets and having that history with Voldemort. we've talked about it extensively in multiple of our episodes that that's the main reason why their connection kind of lives on is because they have, you know, that dark past together. And what I love about Ginny as a character and the way Joe wrote her is She's a very strong, independent woman, like outside of like the first couple of years where Jenny was just like an 11 and 12 year old. The next time we see Jenny really is in book six and book five where she has some type of like, you know, confidence about her. She knows she's awesome. She knows she's beautiful. She knows she's a good person. She knows she's smart and she kind of owns that about herself and she's not wrapped up in like the pettiness of, like, other things that all these other teenage girls are doing that even sometimes Hermione succumbs to. Yeah. Which I find so incredible about her as a person. And it's just so great, and her relationship with Harry works so well because I don't know if any other girlfriend that Harry would have had in that time would have been so understanding of everything Harry had to do to fulfill his destiny you know she knew even though it meant you know their relationship basically ending like he needed to go and deal with his grief about Dumbledore's death he needed to like you know go and do and set out on his mission and like she didn't bat an eyelash she accepted it was she happy about it obviously not but she accepted it, and she was like the first person during the Battle of Hogwarts. It was like, "You go do your thing. I'll be here. I'll I'll be fighting over here." And like, she was a strong, beautiful, independent woman, and I
0: love her. In many ways, she kind of like reminds me of Lily. Like what Lily yes. Evans would have been.
2: She's she's literally what how I imagined Lily would be, which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. But anyways, here comes my rant. And I am so happy right now. I'm about to,
1: like, go lay down on the day bed and just listen to this. (laughs) And just, like, kind of be like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) So, basically, I have a huge
2: issue with Ginny in the books versus Ginny in the movies. I just told you all these wonderful things about Ginny. But these are all wonderful things that are only seen in the books. Yep you do not see these wonderful things in the movie. And there are two reasons why. Yes. Yes. The first major reason why we don't feel this like sense of connection to Ginny in the movies is because the writers and the directors did her character
0: dirty. Yes. So dirty.
2: They cut out a lot of the scenes that made us realize how amazing of a person Ginny is and all the genes with, jeans jeans all the jeans <laughs> all the scenes all the scenes all the scenes with Ginny felt so rushed to me like they never like sat comfortably and forced and forced and I'll get into why I feel like they were forced in a little bit um and I'm probably gonna have a very unpopular opinion but whatever <sighs> but every single scene was like oh we're just gonna stick it in because you know people just need to see that Harry and Ginny are getting together and not how important that is to like Harry's future. Is you know his relationship with his future wife. Mm-hmm. You know, and his coming to terms that, you know, he could probably have a future because he has such a strong woman, you know,
0: on being his side there. that relates to him. And
2: that exactly. In a way that
0: nobody else can.
2: Exactly. So already the writers and the directors did or dirty. We don't have enough time with Jenny at all. And then this is where my unpopular opinion comes in. Actually, I don't know if it's unpopular. I've never researched if other people feel the same way. I slightly feel the same way. So, um, (laughs) I feel bad because I'm about to talk bad about Bonnie, Wright, (laughs) And she seems like a wonderful sweetheart of a person. Yes. And I don't want to talk bad about her, but I have to. (laughs) And maybe, you know, it's because she was young. It was young when filming harry potter and you know maybe her acting skills are better now but basically i just don't think bonnie was a great choice for
0: Those, Ginny. yes
2: so bonnie was a great young Ginny. she fit the part she fit like that you know like doughy fangirl. eyed fangirl you know woe is me oh my god i didn't mean to open the chamber harry like she fit that role super, super well. She did a phenomenal job. I have no complaints about that. However, it, it seems like she couldn't fulfill the role and like the magnitude of like Ginny's relationship once she got older. And maybe it's because of like Bonnie Wright's inexperience mm-hmm. at the time because, you know, they were like growing so, yeah. up. And so young and like the difference between how she had to act 12 year old Ginny between 16 year old Ginny Ginny is like a huge difference. You know, that's hard as an actor when you're so used to playing, you know, a character a certain way. And like the way the movies did it, her change in character was very abrupt. She was still sweet, innocent Ginny in, um, Goblet of Fire Mm -hmm. when she has that like sweet, awkward little moment with like Neville yeah. And then all of a sudden, book six, she's supposed to be a woman dating multiple guys. Like, that doesn't give enough time for Bonnie to, like, develop that character she had really, on screen. She had
0: really big shoes to fill, and it was, like, very little time to do it. And she, I don't think Bonnie could have done it. Like, she didn't. She couldn't.
2: Yeah, and so, like, my issue with Bonnie's portrayal of Ginny is, you know... Bonnie still came across as very timid and just quiet, which I feel like Ginny never was. Ginny, like, always voiced her opinion and made sure people heard it. She and was still a Weasley. She was still a Weasley. And, like, I don't know, she's just came across so timid to me in books six and seven. Every single scene between her and Daniel Radcliffe was so awkward. Like, when Harry and Ginny kissed in the books, You should have seen me. I think I stood up on my bed. I whooped. I cheered. I hollered. I was like, yes, this is great. When it happened in the movie, I was like, oh, my God, please make it stop. Like, this is so bad. And every, like, awkward kiss afterwards, I was like, oh, my God, like, please stop. And I think that's why a lot of, like, the fan theories about Harry being with someone else started. Because I never heard them until the release of movies six and seven when people are like oh you know i don't see harry and jenny together i think he's yeah. better with hermione who he has better chemistry on screen with mm. and i think that's where a lot of our problems lie end of rant i think who knows i might have some more in me
0: uh and I agree with Elizabeth. I feel bad because Bonnie, right, especially because I follow her on Instagram and she's yes. like, she's contributes so much like to charity. I she's know. a good person. I but don't like saying these things. Me neither. But as an actor, I just, I did not see it. And I, again, like to bounce off of Elizabeth, I don't know exactly which details where it was like, where... Where the bon like where Bonnie started or where Bonnie ended and where the directors and writers started or where the directors and writers ended, but all of them did not give that character the justice that she needed. So now, um for to briefly bring up the cursed child, <laughs> if <laughs> you if you see Ginny in the cursed child, and I saw I was really lucky to see the original like person who played Ginny on, um, in London, she transferred over, pretty much the original cast was transferred over to the Broadway opening, I got to see them, and Ginny in Cursed Child is ten times more strong and relatable to what the book Ginny is than movie Ginny's, and I think that's just so, like, mind-boggling.
1: I really don't have the issues that you guys have. I really, just really don't. Because you've all you've always
2: taken the movies superficially. Yeah, yes. I've
1: always taken them superficially, but I feel like a lot of it is not Bonnie Wright's fault. I feel like the movies cut Ginny out a lot and oh, they did not give her Prince. screen time. So it's like I felt like it was awkward in the movie. Like I because I feel like all of a sudden it was just like oh it like carries into this girl. Okay, well where has she been? Like what has she been doing? We have not explored this. So I feel more like we were robbed of screen time with her rather than what she actually gave us. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. I think
0: that's also the issue with having so many separate directors Mm -hmm. is that they're obviously not communicating with one another. Alfonso
1: for everybody. I love Alfonso. (laughs)
0: Alfonso should have... (laughs) Wouldn't done know, yes, but Alfonso could've done all of them and I would have been happy. But when you have not the same directors, writers, producers working yeah. on all these movies, that miscommunication yeah. is not there. Well, and it's just so. everybody's
1: different style. Like you have some people who wanna take more time to focus on those kinds of details and then it's like If you look at the Half-Blood Prince, you may not remember because you won't watch it. (laughs) But it's like she literally just walks into a dinner with the slug club. Yeah. Yeah. And she's crying. And I'm like, well, why is she crying? Like, we didn't really see her date anybody. Like, we really just don't get that time to develop it. It's almost like, okay, like, it's like when we're switching seasons in a movie. And they're like, oh, look, it's snowing on the ground. That's how it was with Ginny for me. It's like, oh, look, she's crying. She's broken up with somebody. Boom. Harry wants her. It was just kind of rushed and... I mean, I didn't care for the amount of time that we got with her, but I, mean, I just, whatever. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying I
2: feel like it's a little mix of yeah. both.
0: Yeah. Eh. as I w- When I was younger watching the movies, I always blamed that, like, chemistry problem on their height. But that was always, <laughs> like, a personal thing. Like, the actor's height. But even then, like, that isn't an issue. Yeah. Like, that is not. Height is not an issue. That doesn't create the chemistry problems. No. It was just... I think the cards that they were dealt with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It also, again, it doesn't help that a lot of these actors were gro- growing up and going through puberty on mm-hmm. this series. And, and cast and, so
0: young. They, they weren't professional actors. Yeah. Half of them. Like,
2: you know, they're all so young. And I feel like during this time, Daniel Radcliffe himself was going through like a really awkward phase. Mm-hmm. And so they're kissed together in Half-Blood Prince was just,
1: like, awkward
2: plus awkward equals awkward. I did not like, realize
1: that it was awkward until Elizabeth started, like, talking about it. And then I went back and I watched it and I was like, oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're
0: like, oh, God.
1: Thanks for ruining everything. I'm so sorry.
0: And it's oh, just so bad. It's just so bad. I didn't want to talk about it anymore. But
2: anyways, other than that, I think Ginny is a bomb yeah. character. Absolutely.
0: She's she a, a wonderful great woman. super great
1: hex, gets her into the slug club. Yeah, She's super cool. Obviously, I mean, we glazed over book two where she, like, gets possessed by Baltimore. Oh, and yeah. ends up in the chamber. But
0: 60-year-old hot version. I mean, of she really life.
1: doesn't like we really don't have a lot to say. Like she was possessed, she was scared, she cried yeah. at the end. She's <laughs> powerful. Like yeah. she's very
2: powerful. She definitely yeah. gets
0: a lot of the better traits think, from Molly.
1: Yes, I agree with that statement. But I mean, I don't know. I think we covered a lot just like with the rant because we had to bring in so yeah. many moving parts for that. So I was just like, Meh, like I'm not gonna mm-hmm. add a lot about Jenny. Like we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there.
2: But, Except yeah. you know, Jenny maybe have a little bit more of a say in your children's names, but anyways.
1: We're mm-hmm. not going to talk about that. That'll come in the cursed child episode. Okay. Because I literally, I can't. I, I, <laughs> I, I cannot. You guys can tell me that it's good live. You can tell me that it changes the story, but you can't tell me that those kids are not being bullied for their names. Oh, I mean, not maybe not Lily. Oh yeah, that's whatever. like a normal name. Alba Severus. Okay, I'm looking at you, bud. Yeah. But anyways, I, I guess you, that's. He like, really got the short end of the stick. Just saying. He really did. He really, really did. Poor kid. But as far as the Weasleys go... That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's our family, everyone. Oh. Hey. All
2: right. And uh, I guess, so since this episode is going to air a few days before the U.S. Thanksgiving, yes. oh, yeah. we would just like to say... Thank you, everyone, for this journey that we've done together. Absolutely. I I appreciate all of our fans, all of our listeners, all the people who, you know, interact with us on social media. Heck yeah,
1: We're grateful Uh, for you. I'm so grateful. We are
2: so grateful for you. Thank you. Like, this is just a fun hobby for us. And, like, we just have so much fun hanging out as, like, best friends talking about our passion in Harry Potter, Uh,
1: which were so nerdy uh,
2: and wonderful. When
1: this airs, I will no longer be in Florida. And
2: I was just about to get there, and I was gonna ah. say, while we're in our feelings, or while I'm in my feelings, you're
1: always in your feelings.
2: <laughs> I am really thankful for this podcast for oh, bringing gosh, the three stop. of us closer uh, oh, together. Yeah, oh, yeah but no. super love it. This I like year, it. I like you guys. Uh, All right,
1: cool. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> but but seriously though, like seriously.
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we're like five years old.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Marianne and Jenny
0: don't do well with feeling, so they're trying no, to brush like, me off, but I'm going to get my point no, across. No, you're
1: not. You can text me, okay?
0: Or maybe we're 12 years old, like 12 years in Azkaban. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm literally about to just walk out. <laughs> <laughs> Sign off. The-
2: okay.
1: <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to get
2: my point across. Oh. I am thankful that we have gotten so close this past year yeah. you guys are my best friends i'm gonna miss you so much jenny i'm gonna not cry right now oh my god don't cry a lot of people are gonna miss me girl get in line
0: <laughs> wow you see how I'm using that wow <laughs> a little bit of your ego there okay? okay i need you to take it down
1: i'm super popular <laughs>
2: All right, so uh, we did mention it, but we don't know where when our next episode yeah. is coming. You know, we're gonna give Jenny some time to settle herself Maybe I'll down give in you Texas. Some, like,
1: updates. Yeah, you know, as I drive. <laughs> well, not like when I'm driving. Yeah, no, because that's do not it safe. Safely.
2: But um, just give us some time. You know, in the meantime, we'll still be active on social media. So hit us up on our social media. Yeah. Oh
1: my god, hit me up on the gram because now I have time to answer because I'm not. <laughs>
0: working <laughs> ah! amazing. amazing amazing
1: but
2: uh yeah so our next episode if our schedule remains the same you know we'll let you know if this changes mm-hmm. but our next episode should be about puffs the yay, p- yay. The we're pla- wizards we're wizards ah uh. We are. We reference it every episode. We Not are yeah. every episode, almost, almost every, every episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we will finally talk about the play that we love. Yes. Comedic uh, geniusness.
0: Puffs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the theater and me is like yes. I'm Please ready.
1: go on Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon, right?
0: Amazon Broadway HD. So many places. I mean yeah. you can probably do
1: it illegally, although we don't recommend it. We yeah, don't because recommend. you know these people work
0: hard and deserve
1: their commission. They deserve the exactly. They super do. Absolutely. But you know, if you're poor and that's how you get I'm stuff sure. like me. <laughs> not <laughs> that I poor. do stuff illegally ever. So uh, anyway, download it if you want to know that what we're talking about. If not, we'll just I don't know, spoil it all for you. Mm-hmm. Watch it though before you hear it. Yeah, right. you guys will
2: have time. You know we have an extended break. I know. So
0: watch it. I don't know. Puffs. Maybe I'll just get
1: to Texas first day. I'm gonna be like, let's record.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> a, who knows. It's such a funny time. It like, is uh, such a funny time. it.
1: But yeah, so I guess that's it for today. You can follow us on Instagram at the Three Broom Chicks.
0: You can also follow us on Twitter at the Number Three Broom Chicks. And go like our Facebook page, The
1: Three Broom Chicks. Yes. And as always, we are the. Three broom, Three broom chicks.
0: And that was us wheezing for the wheezy.